The following podcast may be explicit. It may contain references to and examples of bodily functions. It may also contain infantile humor and profane language. It may also contain some useful information about the tabletop RPG hobby. If you find any of these things offensive, stop listening now. What you should not do is give us a bad review on iTunes because you do not like one of these things. Thank you, and enjoy the show. And he's a laser-printed hero, and if things turn out his way, he'll be stuck with these psychopaths and live to murder another day. His companions are suggesting to hit a bank on their way home, and if he lands in jail again, well, that's just how the story goes. You're listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon and beer. Thank you for joining us for Season 16, Episode 18 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. Hello, I'm Samantha. Hi, I'm not Samantha, I'm Stork. And I'm Kadeev. And I should have done a sound check. Samantha, say something again. Hello. You may have to. Hi. More things? Move the mic a little bit towards you. Down a little bit. Down and closer to my face. No, it's not closer to your face because the the front of it is the thing. I don't know how this works. (laughs) It's complicated. (laughs) I can hear me in my headphones. Yeah, it's just quiet. Okay. Yeah, she's, she's... we don't want quieter than the rest of us. Driving in their car, that's like, oh, what's the, what's that? Turn it up, turn it up, and then Stork's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or drive off we? the road. And oh. We get sued. Well, yeah, we don't want hey, them to die. Stork talk. No, I'm loud as Thank fuck. You. It's all, all right. good. No, that tells me where she is. Yeah. All right. Fix it. There it is. Are you there? Hello. And I'm yeah. hearing that's crackling. Better. You hear the crackling? It's going no. to drive me crazy. Not really. Uh, I do. I think it's just her natural timber. No, not in, not her. Somewhere in oh, the system. Oh, you're right. I heard There's a pop. A noise. I heard a pop. <laughs> it's going to drive me insane. That's a short trip. There it is. Oh, I hear it now. That was it's it. not this. I don't. I don't know what it is. <laughs> anyway, no, it's. <laughs> uh, in this episode of Happy Jacks RPG podcast, we get a level up story from Michael in Best California. Is it really a best California? I thought it was Michael Best in California, but I'm not sure if it's... Uh, Jonas asks about drawing character portraits when he's GMing. Sergeant Dan writes in to share his con game prep. Not Lieutenant Dan. Sergeant Dan. Yeah. Uh, And Devin in Des Moines treats us to a fair-related GM confession slash horror story. No, I used to know a Devin that worked fair. I wonder if it's the same It might be, because he worked our fair. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, um, the Renaissance <laughs> Pleasure Fair is still going on. If you'd like to come to the Renaissance Pleasure Fair at the Irwindale Dam or the Irwindale Dam Recreation Area, Dam and Irwindale Fay area, right. and it's going on for another five weekends, right? We've had two. Yes, believe, yes, yeah, yes. There's five more weekends, so you should go out there and come see us. And you know what? Best. Fair and Happy Jack's meeting ever really kind of happened, and Dave's here to talk about it. Oh, uh, I want to hear. What? Well, <laughs> you'd been listening to this podcast you found, and you found oh, out that we all oh. came to the Ren Fair. No, 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 
it actually was in reverse. Microphone. You, you need to move your I microphone closer. Oh, who, I was pretty close. Who has been messing around with my mic? There. Don't don't blame me. Who's sitting here? I don't. Taylor. Okay, it was his. Yeah, fault. yeah. Blame him. He's go ahead. Worth the blame. <laughs> yeah, you guys left this place a wreck. Yes. I'm glad. B team. <laughs> what happened? B team. B Glad I just didn't unplug oh, everything. Set it all in a pile in the middle of the floor. It's like when Zachary was like four, <laughs> he used to come in here and turn every dog. Oh yeah, he did. He did. Stu would come in and go, "All right, we're ready to go," and he'd like turn it. I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> there was a there was a guy uh, recently. He just created an indie RPG, uh, indie video game uh, where. You role play as a turn of the century phone operator, and he found a legit phone operator box that is an antique, and he restored it and he plugged it all in and made it USB, so you could plug it in and play it on the computer, and you have to stretch the wires and connect people, and like they'd get annoyed, and other people would be like, "Oh, put me on do not disturb," but people would still call, and you had to, it was fun. It was That's an interesting hysterical. thing, but yeah. Oh, so I, I actually found. The podcast, because I knew fair season was coming up, and I was looking for random, like, boggard stuff online. I was like, I don't know if I have all the albums at the point or what was going on. So I was like, I wandered on to the, one of the websites, and lo and behold, then I found that Stu had made a post about, like, hey, we're starting this thing, and we're talking about RPGs. And I was like, okay, so... People that are in this band that I think is cool also play RPGs and live pretty nearby. <laughs> like, hmm. So it was like a few episodes in when I found it, and then I caught up quickly. At that point, it wasn't even like a backlog. It was like a back nubbin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, then uh, um, we, uh, the B team collectively, we used to always go out to fair every year and we were walking around, and um, we came by the reef, and after one of the shows, we came up and started talking with you guys, and and uh, then Stu was like, hey, you guys are local, you like RPGs, you should come over and do a show. And that led to the backyard puke and shoe story, and... Right? And <sighs> what, at this point, six years of... It, probably, yeah. And now you and Stork, yeah. co-GM games... No, it's now not what you think, we're actually really... Really, just homosexual lovers. <laughs> Co GMing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the yeah. biblical sense. Um, but that was also the fair where uh, we were walking along and Bruce walked by with somebody else. And that, was, that was Casey, who, who he is co GMs in the Greek fashion. Yeah, absolutely. But like they walked by while we were walking somewhere that fair and. We all recognize Bruce's voice from the show, and somebody goes, Hey, hey, you should pretend to be Jim Toe. Because <laughs> at the time, there was this big <laughs> feud going on that was hilarious. And so, so I just go, Hey, Bruce! And he, like, whips around, and, like, you see, he tells the story from his perspective. It's hilarious, because he's like, I don't know if i got to fight some fuckers. I, maybe they're drunk. Maybe they're crazy. I don't Bruce know. Bruce is the but- kind of guy who goes around and... Someone calls out his name in the streets, and he assumes that he's got to defend himself in some sort of violent act. Right. <laughs> so Bruce? He was ready for it. He's got a mouth. And then we were all like, ah, hey, what's going on? And yeah, that was fun. But shows what happens. There you go. The internet so, brings people together. Come out to the fair. 
Yeah, and there yeah. are some people on the forum who said they're going to come out to the fair, and I think I even said so on the forum, but make yep. sure you come up and introduce yourself. I mean, I, I always look like I'm incredibly busy and pissed off, and I I am, Yeah, but I do want to meet listeners yeah. to the show, so uh, it, come up and, and introduce and yourself. And please don't be discouraged. Dave was out there this, this last weekend, actually, flying solo. And and he was like, I'm sorry to get to talk to you, like, but we're always busy. If you see us, we're either late to a show or we're just about ready to do a show, mm-hmm. or so, we just got off from a show. We are or, just busy, but it, or it, or we, we have that three hour lag between shows when right. we <laughs> have to get some food and water right. before we actually collapse. But but please introduce yourselves. Yeah, we may look grumpy and cranky, but and do we not are. let do, do not let that deter you. <laughs> All right, I'm and then next week when you come back, reintroduce yourselves because because we won't remember. It's terrible. A GM level up story from Michael in Best California. No, th- again, this is only a four four uh, email show. Oh, did you want to give out it. the email? And stuff? Oh yeah, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail dot com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail dot com. You can follow us on the tweeters at uh, happyjacksrpg, all one word. The tweeters. I like that. Tweeters. Follow us on the tweeters. The tweeters. It's uh, sort of <laughs> Appalachian in there, tweeters. <laughs> oh, tweeters. I like them French fried taters. <laughs> mm, the tweeters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello, Stu, crew, Stu, crew, and Stu, sans crew. What? Dude, hello, Stu. It's totally crew, a nineteen seventies crew and Stu and Sans crew. It's a nineteen seventies cartoon show. It's Stu crew and the crew of Sans crew. <laughs> you, the Stu crew review coming back to you. I would like to share a GM level up <laughs> moment. Did Electric Company's come back? See, you yes. and I are the only ones that know the news you review. These two are like, what? Remember that? That was the first viral video I ever saw. The news you review? No, the you've never seen the outtake video from News you review. Oh, oh, just take me now, you closeted homo. That right. one? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know what you're talking about, Stu. And that was like barely in, in the internet days. Yeah. That's a long time ago. I think I got it off a of binary, like like <laughs> alt.binaries.tv outtakes or something. And it was the owl and the frog, and the frog. from New Zoo Review, which you don't even I know don't what I'm talking know. about. Mm-hmm. It, these two giant like walk-around animals. There were three. There was Henrietta Hippo. There were furries. Kind of. There was the frog. There was a Henrietta Hippo, Freddy the Frog, and that, something owl. Some, Mar- I think it was it. Three, three owl. Three. There were it was three. just the three. And then like three the two humans. humans. Yeah. Right. And and then they did an outtake at some point and they you started... the song? Uh-huh. The news the review, review coming, coming after you. you. Of course you do. Yeah. I know all that shit. I, I, I was raised by the television. Yep. Uh, I would like to share a GM level up moment. Not sure what I meant by that. Read on. No, I've you, been, you put the emphasis in the wrong side. I know. <laughs> I've been GMing for a while now with the mantra of listen to the players and yes and humming in the back of my head. I hate that. Like in the crackle. A, like this. Like this <laughs> noise. <laughs> And it's not going away. Now I'm remembering it and I'm noticing it again. Uh, I was. It's uh, actually only when you talk I can hear it crackling and buzzing. No, I hear it all the time. It's there right oh, now. Oh, you're right. Hold on. Yeah. There right. it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in our last game, our drunken fighter was asking how to cut out the middleman in a local hooch making operation. I was this close to saying, ha ha, sure. Make a persuasion roll to see if you can get the price lowered for hooch on the island. When I thought, 
Why am I not rewarding this player who is acting completely in character with the same fun as the more conventionally story-driven characters? That's when it happened. I said, yes, and. In my mind! I quickly came up with some reason why the fruit used to ferment the hooch was getting was hard to get due to some giant insect problem scaring off foragers. Thanks to some generic monster prep done before the game, I was able to quickly pull up some stats on a giant forest centipede, and they were off. All right, so when they said giant insect problem, they didn't mean, like, a lot of insects. Oh, no, no just, just one, like one, one really giant insect. Right, just one. Just one. <laughs> just one giant insect. That's really funny. A whole session worth of adventure later, and the druid had pulled a Dr. Doolittle to work out a rotten fruit tribute system with the insect leading to a harrow tribute system with the insect leading to a harrowing battle with some shadow demon. None of this would have happened had I not really been listening to the players and wondering where it could take the story. I felt like I really grew as a GM that day. <laughs> His GM heart grew three sizes that day. <laughs> or as the title suggests, I had a real level up moment. I leave you with a discussion now. What level up moments have you had while GMing and which ones are most memorable? Disclaimer, I first heard the term level up moment used this way on the Limited Resources podcast. I'm assuming that's a Magic the Gathering podcast. Maybe. Or mm-hmm. StarCraft, yeah. I was going to say StarCraft, yeah. Oh, yeah. Build yeah. more pylons. Uh, while the show isn't about role-playing games, I believe the term works great here as well. Best drinky regards, Michael from Best California, North County, San Diego. The the most secret place in in California for having the best weather ever. Yeah, is Ooh, yeah, it does. Yeah, people move. People move to North California, and they move here, and we've got nice weather. It's okay, but compared to San Diego, oh, I used to live in San Diego. Oh, did it's, you? It's better than here. Yeah, the weather, not everything. <laughs> and they have a gas lamp district. And they have a lot of the beer. little guys in the bicycles. It's not like that, and definitely not on Friday and Saturday nights. No, <laughs> they have a comic con right here. Do they? I, I hear there's never, a Comic Con down there. I will yeah. never go to that. You can't. You can't get into it. True story. Thousand people. The no first way. time I ever went to Comic Con, I got trampled by Stanley. Oh, did you really? Yep. What would he do? Uh, well, we were in a crowd, and his handlers were pushing him through the crowd, and they used him like a bulldozer to maul me. <laughs> nice. Did he step on your foot? No, m- like some of my arm. Oh, did you ask him like to sign pushed, it? You, pushed actually, down? you oh. actually fell down and he walked all over you? Uh, with, with like his orthopedic shoes? He didn't <laughs> physically walk on me. He has those orthopedic shoes. It's all he wears. I was steam trained out He's of like the way. He's like 90, by... dude. He's allowed. Yeah. And they still, I wonder if they still use him as a steamroller. <laughs> they just kind of like push him through the ground. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the same situation the last Comic Con I was at. I, I punched Leonard Nimoy. In the face? No, like in the... B- man boob. No wonder he died. <laughs> it was all me. You know? Yeah, yeah. He, shortly before his he, death, he, had, he ended up with like a like a blood clot. <laughs> I felt justified Leonard because Nimoy, he appeared dude. in that shit festival. J.J. Abrams Star Trek. You shut your mouth. <laughs> no, no. He has good arguments. Oh, I thought you were. He, he turned me I too. Thought, I thought you were. I thought you were mad because he killed um, Han Solo. Spoilers. No. 
<laughs> like, like an 80 year old man he is a 60 year old man son <laughs> like, hello right. they didn't use a voice synth it was just him level up moments as a GM or as a player moments when you've had an epiphany it's been so long since I GM'd and I haven't GM'd correctly in so long I don't know <laughs> I think my level up moment is when I got Dave to co-GM with me and just raised my game up. Uh, I'll come up with a better one. Carry on. No, I, I agree with that. Like, it. I know that it certainly helped me. Like, even in stuff that I've done not co-GM since, it still has helped me have a different perspective a little bit that... Before, you know, a lot of times when you're doing game prep or you're starting to work on stuff or... You sit down and you're like all in your own headspace about what your story you're coming up with is and and you know what okay what do you think the the people that you're going to be playing with you usually know ahead of time except in the con situation but the like okay well that guy likes to do this kind of stuff and that guy likes to do this kind of stuff so you sort of prep all that jazz but then having somebody that you haven't known for 30 years you haven't been playing games with for forever suddenly come in and be like, well, here's my ideas on how stuff could work. And I'm like, I never thought of that. And ever since, it's helped me be like, I need to not think just my way. I need to try and think up some other directions that things could go. There's a lot of great idea, things about coaching. I mean, we've talked about it numerous times. I, mm-hmm. I think there's more positives than negatives, but it, it's not for everyone to be sure. And it doesn't always lend itself to every game, I think. But... I know you, you've you also changed the way I GM as well. It's just nice to have checks and balances. I think one of the moments that we had, we were in a Traveler game and the party split. And you had one thing going off on a track. And I look over at the other two people that stayed with the ship and I said, what are you guys doing? And you looked yep. at me and I looked, and we were able to run two games simultaneously because these guys just put the party. And, I was able, and, and it all miraculously came together. So that was a really kind of nice maybe GM leveling moment where we both went, oh, all right. We I got, got this. this. I got yeah, yeah. this. Hmm. I've had uh, several t- several times when I'll have like an epiphany about something. One of them happened during the vampire game, first or second session, when I made that stupid newspaper. And I had a little, t- little tiny article at the you bottom of it. You haven't learned your lesson, have you? No, I haven't. And I had a little tiny article at the bottom of it about how this one bar is celebrating their 50th anniversary. And that's all it was. And, but someone... I don't remember who it was. Tim? Who? No, it was Tim. Tim, Tim lost on onto it. And says, like that woman, there's something up with her because she's too old to own a bar. And I saw this happening <laughs> and I just laughed because it was me and the bear all over again. We latched onto the one tech. Except the difference, instead of with the bear, I, I let you go out and kill the bear, but it had nothing to do with the story. No. I made her part of the story. Yes. On the fly right then. Yep. She was never going to be a maid. No. But she's fantastic. Yes, she is now. <laughs> now she She is. leveled a whole block in Long Beach. Right. Well, that, my whole point with her, with, with, with that was, and that I think the epiphany I had after that was, if the players are interested in something that's not the main part of the story, they're, they're cluing you in on what's interesting to them. Make that the interesting part. It doesn't. It, she's not the main p- part of the plot, no. right? But I made her 
Tim wanted her to be more interesting than just an old lady who owns a bar, which is <laughs> literally all she was when the game started. Yep. To like, okay, sure, yeah, she's a mage. That actually spun out of the bear story. Because, it kind of did, Because yeah. in, in, in talking about it later, you're like, we were like, we thought that was going to be some mutant bear kind of thing. Why didn't that happen? You're like, yeah, you know, that right. probably should have happened. Mm-hmm. Oops. <laughs> Missed opportunity. That won't happen again. And look what happened. It didn't happen again. Right, right. And, and then um, there was something else. Oh, that would be a spoiler. I can't talk about that one. There was something else that happened very recently in a vampire game. Um, but I think that that is an important lesson I learned, which was, um, I mean, you don't have to change the story, but you can always add on to it. You can always make it more complicated. If, 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 the, if the party sees something that's interesting to them, make that thing more interesting to them. Reward their interest in it. Right. By making them correct. And in this yeah. vampire game, you've, you've been now added that mage. It didn't necessarily change your whole story. No. But no. it's added an She's extra But it adds, like, kind of an interesting side arc Completely. to some of our quests. And it's, there's always that nagging... Things that we're doing. Is that a problem we're going to have to deal with one day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> one, like, hmm, how are we going to deal with that later? <laughs> one day she's not going to want us to do something that we're going to need to have to do. Yeah. Hmm. One day we're just going to find, like, some sort of ominous doily waiting for <laughs> us and be like, oh, shit. <laughs> she's warning us. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 but she's also been, like, uh, Kimmy's nuclear option. Yeah. Well, she's been once. useful. Right. right. Once. What's but boy, was that useful once. Yeah. <laughs> and potentially useful in the future, perhaps. Right. Yeah. So, and it's kind of an interesting, it, it, it would be interesting to see 10 or 20, 10 or 15 sessions from now, what sort of uneasy relationship develops between her and this co- this coterie of vampires that live on the island. Yeah, because she knows we're there. Oh, yeah. And uh, she knows that what well, you are, and yeah. she knows what you do. Because when you guys all walked in the first time, she was like, is this it? Is this a big standoff? Is this a big face-off? We're like, no! We're just here to talk. Yeah, yeah. Just here to talk. Was Wearing the, our Kevlar lines. Is today the day for the grand battle? <laughs> that was it. That was it. And you're, we're like, what? Well, no! Ah, yeah. <laughs> Who are you, lady? <laughs> we thought you just owned a bar. <laughs> We're just well, going yes. door to door. <laughs> that was her problem. They so, didn't just think she owned a bar. No, there must be She's too old to own a bar. There must be something. She's a vampire. It was just, clearly was, something. No, see, like Tim had never played with you before. He had no idea that because I read that and went, "Ah, oh, it's just filler." It's a, I, said, I learned my lesson with the bear. And, and Tim's like, "Wait a moment!" I'm like, "Oh no, here we go again." I completely saw it unfolding, and he was just. And it's Tim because he's like a little puppy. His tail was wide. I got. I got a look. I got a clue. I got a clue. We're like, I'm like. All right, let's see what happens. <laughs> Might as well. Led to some interesting things. It did. Um, I, I have not GM'd, mm-hmm. but I have kind of a player epiphany, if yeah. that's helpful. Um, so, obviously, my level of uh, experience with playing role-playing games is way lower than your guys. So, mm-hmm. uh, previous to the vampire game, I had not played a campaign as long as I have now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And interestingly enough, uh, I kind of always had trouble, like, getting to know my own characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because other games I've played, I've kind of been more concerned with, like, you know, making a character that, like, fits within this, in the campaign and the environment and, like, learning the rules and crap. And then with the vampire game, because it's set in modern times, I was able to make my character more, uh, 
like accessible to me and able to like put more of my personality into it. Right. So having a game where I was like, oh, I need armor. I'm a fashion designer. I want to make myself a Kevlar lined black plaid suit. <laughs> like that just I'm able to like inject a lot more like mm-hmm. interest into it for myself and do things with the character that I find hilarious and that end up being uh, useful in game. Sure. Like, using my shoes as weapons, mm-hmm. which I think is really funny. But now it's become a thing for our party. We're always attacking people with our shoes. Right. Well, I, I love that that was your first thing. It's like, we're all like, oh my god, Sam's facing a vampire. What's she going to do? I stab him with my shoe, and I'm like, genius! There's, okay, that, uh, yeah, you sneak around with, like, wooden stilettos. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Like, use your fashion accessories. And the extra fun part is that I can bring my real-world shoes to the game and use them in-game as weapons. <laughs> it's fantastic. That's right. You had those, like, plate-armored... Yeah, it? I have those uh, Jeffrey Campbell shoes with the metal plate on the front. And spiky, right. It's the Jeffrey bits. Campbell shoes. Yeah. Right, as opposed yeah. to the spiked shoes yeah. that she's wearing right now. Well, these are, the spikes are way smaller on these. <laughs> 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 As a guy, you right, and, and we've been we've just we've been playing games all this time. We we fall into ruts like, all right, I'm going to be the tank, so I'm going to do the tanky thing, right? And then having Sam over here was just like looking around at the environment, like, what can I use to do this? I'll throw my shoe at him, and you even hit me with a shoe at one point because because I was I was going to frenzy out and like I, I, I look around, I hit him with my shoe till he stops. <laughs> um, but you're always coming up with the most. Interesting ways to solve a problem because we're all we're all so used to just the tropes, and it's great when you come up with like I throw my shoe at him, or I'm gonna th- I'm gonna lay a grope on him. I'm like, a what? Or when you just when you're describing the aura of yeah. the guy with like four dots and true faith, and it's like and I don't even remember what you said because I don't know what any of those words mean. The first part was overly complicated and not that interesting to anyone that doesn't care about fashion as much as I do. But the second part was that he looked like a Fabergé egg filled with the sun. But right. I, I think most people can appreciate what that yes. probably looks like. Right. So, yeah, but that's been really fun for me to be able to, like, come at it from kind of a different angle mm-hmm. and, and, like, almost make fun of myself a little bit through my character. Mm-hmm. So. And you also got, I mean, it, it just so happened that there was... One clan in the book that's like, oh, that would be the clan I would pick if I were to become a vampire. Oh, yeah, totally. I would be a Toreador, 100%. <laughs> you are a Toreador. <laughs> Maybe you're just now beginning to realize that. <laughs> okay. Anything I, else? Anything? I think my player level up moment was probably with the Inukai game. Mm hmm. Because for me, it was the first game that I was participating in that we were recording. And it was like the, th- the just a couple of seconds of extra thought that goes into like all of the nonverbal things that you do around a table with everybody that, you know, like the weird look or the just the shrug or the hunched over whisper, anything like that, that. It, just that thinking about, like, well, how would I do this in a way that people could hear kind of helped me become a better player for my character because I was thinking about, like, oh, okay, well, my guy's a drunken idiot of a samurai, so I'm going to go with that. All right. Oh, yeah. Um, and then really since <coughs> then it's been, like, the every game that I've played, I try and find some little personality aspect about the character that that is what I want to do. 
And, like, that's going to be my thing. Like, take that. Bless you. Want another one? <laughs> no, it's okay. All right. It's quite all right. Uh, they don't always come in threes, but I could make it happen if you need. That's all right. I don't but want you just you know, straight. As long as it doesn't come in pints. No. No. They come in just pints. Fill it in the <laughs> weird volume measurement. Like that. Stop. Low <laughs> capacity <laughs> test. Yeah. You do not need to no. follow this to its logical extreme. That'd be good. Uh, but, like, uh, in the Star Wars game, like, the idea of playing a medical droid is kind of dull. Yes. But By I itself. was like, hmm, what about a medical droid that's like, morality programming went bad. <laughs> like, the he's still really good at healing people, and he's happy to do it, but it's not necessarily going to be the painless method. You're one of the broken and, droids from WALL-E, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just like, something's right. a little wrong, but hey, it doesn't even bother him. Like, you know, whatever. Uh, so, like, but that's been fun, you know? Or uh, in Bill's Star Wars game, the Star Wars Traveler game, being a Sith Lord who was indoctrinated to the Order very young mm-hmm. and never really had a chance to go out in the world or explore stuff, doesn't know shit about things. Like the value of money. Right, because <laughs> in the in like the Empire... Because the game is set during the, you know, the Empire is still a giant force. It's not after the fall of the Empire before. It's the Empire exists and is badass. And being a Sith Lord that's part of that Empire, nothing ever costs anything. You just tell people you need something and they get it. Right. Like, Maybe okay. you fill out a form. Yeah. <laughs> At the most, right. usually somebody else will do it for you because it'll just happen. Right. Like, that kind of a deal. So, like, that was fun, and never having played cards before, learning about that and being excited. Like, oh, I le- <laughs> people do things with these cards, and they change. It's amazing. Like, you should all try this. And everybody else is like, <sighs> <laughs> I think my player leveling up moment. what alcohol does. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I think my player leveling up moment was actually in the Stu's Ghostbuster game. Because it's been a long time since I played. It was sort of like one of my early transitions back into playing. Uh, and having fun with the professor, who was a doubter, trying to find reasons that stuff happened that I could explain away. Right. And most of the stuff happened to happen when I wasn't noticing. That but there were a couple of things of I had to find. <laughs> right. It happened, and then you walked in the right. room. Yep. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I found that to be really fun. I was able to play on that. And it's the first time that that kind of stuff had lined up in that way. Mm-hmm. And I went with it. Like, uh, I think these guys are on hallucinogens. I mean, I've heard that you shouldn't drink the water, which is a whole conspiracy theory about the, the, about the water in Disneyland. And uh, they obviously drank the water, so they're hallucinating, Your Honor. Yeah, that was... That was sort of fun for me because it's the first time that kind of stuff had ever really lined up, and had, yeah, it was fun. It was it was sort of a breakthrough moment for me. I'm like, I'm like, wow, I can actually change the story or have fun within the confines of the story. Right. Uh, uh, Tomer or Tomera wants to know when you GM leveled up, what feat did you pick? Well, it, it, it wasn't luck. <clears throat> I didn't pick a feet. Cleave. My toes. That was mine. Cleave. Cleave. Yeah. So when I hit somebody, I can hit two people. Right. It's exciting. <laughs> uh, drawing player characters from Jonas Larson 
Oh, I'll do this one because I guess I'd the write. last one, as I recall, is kind of long. So it maybe is. Need to it might be tag team fucker up. And there's also there's a, uh, actually the second to the last one. There's some stuff in there that we may skip over a little bit. Drawing play cards from Jonas Larson. I'll read this. <clears throat> Dear Happy Jacks, it's Jonas Larson, your 100 point ally who appears on Roll of Nine or Lower. That's a that's a Gerbs reference. Oh, okay. Stork would get that ally out all the time. <laughs> No, no. Gerps is a low, low. Uh, oh, if low, I need low, to roll something, I roll the opposite of whatever it is I need. <laughs> so I'd be rolling zeros the entire time no, I needed to get that ally shot. You'd be, you'd be rolling eighteens. Yes, which would be critical failures. Firstly, I don't understand why you still get letters about people having problems feeling the barge. Oh, I'm sorry. Feeling, feeling like, like bards. bards. Feeling I like bards. feeling the bards better. Actually. I was at the Renaissance Fair and I felt the bards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't like it very much. He was very sweaty. <laughs> Depends on which bard is there that year. Uh, that's the easiest class of them all. Just bring an accordion to the gaming table, and you will be set for the rest of your campaign. Did you not bring a mandolin once, Stu, when you were a bard? And annoyed. I sat noodled on an accordion. Pissed off. For ou- hours. Yeah. Until ev- everyone finally said, dude, that's super annoying. Stop it. And yeah. that was like two or three hours into the game. That was a mandolin. It's fairly melodic. Had, had you had an accordion, it would happen like within right. minutes. Or yeah. bagpipes. Bagpipes. I have bagpipes. I don't think anybody who's a bard is a bagpipe player. You cannot be a bard <laughs> and play bagpipes, I think. You can if you're an asshole bard. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could. They were designed to be heard over the din of, I, of dying play, Scotsmen. Like, of which, battle march. Of which there were yeah. a lot of. No, no, no. Because you can't tell a story <laughs> while you're playing the bagpipe. Oh, no, the, your stories will be unaccompanied. Yes. yes. The story is the wailing of the pipes. Right. Rob's. Which sounds like dying Scotsman. And, and That's it, the story. Yes. It is. Throughout and, history. And it is spectacularly frightening to hear. And louder than shit. Yeah. yeah, my my brother actually learned to play the bagpipes specifically to annoy his neighbors. That's awesome. See, I bought a pair. I don't have the lungs to to play them. Also, it's you know in our heritage, so You're not Scottish. <laughs> what? <laughs> Surely no, you not tell me. me. You're Irish, aren't you? Both. Oh, all great. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Remind that wide to a gulf between the two. <laughs> Okay, so now after putting that problem to rest, I have a question about drawing other players' characters. Okay, I love to draw. I usually get asked by my fellow players to conjure up an image or two of their characters. At least I <coughs> think that's what they say. It's hard to hear over the accordion music. But I also get asked to, or bagpipes. I also get asked to draw when I'm the GM. Sorry. And that feels odd. I like that. I like to think of myself as an author when I GM, but not in a bad way. You talk about on the show. I'd rather see me as an author in that I present you a narrative and the descriptions, but you are the ones who complete it with your imagination. <laughs> He's the Jim. What, what's his name? The illusion guy. It's an illusion. What's his name? Doug Henning. Doug Henning. Doug Henning, the Doug had, Henning of he had, he had the he had the, he did that going on. What is the name Doug of the, for that? The illusion of magic. It's an illusion. Yeah. <laughs> Doug Henning was awesome. Do you know who Doug Henning was? You don't. You guys don't know who Doug Henning. No. Was. no. He kind of mork for mork. Robin Williams kind of dressed like Doug Henning. He had like yeah. rainbow suspenders and like balloon pants and like think, clouds. Think and of rainbows. think of a disco magician. That was Doug Henning. Gallagher? 
Yes, but magician with hair with more. Oh hair. yeah, he was just smashing watermelons. Yes. That wasn't magic. An actual. Magician. I was like five, so it looked like magic to me. Well, it Il- is magic illusion. of a different kind. <laughs> <laughs> he was a very seventies magician. I mean, yes, let's just put it that way. Okay, fair. <clears throat> I enjoyed your portrayal of him in that Spirit of 77 game. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't start out to be Doug Henning, but it really came out that way. It just happened. Anyway. That's okay, because he's very appar- There's the, There he is. Oh, I've seen that guy. Yeah. I can't Doug see Henning. that. <laughs> it doesn't turn that good. Oh, wait, wait. He kind of looks like Oates from oh, Hall and Oates. Okay. Yes. A little bit, well, yeah. But he had longer hair when I... Well, I everyone in the 70s looked like Oates from Hall and Oates. Including most of the porn stars. If I, as the GM, sit down and draw a character, I start to feel like a director telling my actor what their role looks like. Shall I stop being so squeamish and just indulge in my player's art request, or is it unnatural and an attack on the creative agency? I know I'm meeting a rather niche position or a question, but it keeps me awake at night thinking about it. I oh. promise to ask a question about armored class or encumbers next time. All right, dude, if this is the only thing keeping you awake at night, that's that's awesome because <laughs> you're leading I, a winning life. Yeah, you are winning, leading a winning <laughs> life. I personally think, as a GM, you got enough on your plate. Don't draw their characters. Well, if he wants to. Yeah. Yeah, if they're asking you to and, and you artist, want to. You don't but, have standing because you're an artist. Well, but that's but the thing. But for those of us who can't draw. Uh, well, but that's the thing. If they ask you to, then you have to follow their directions. But I I think as a GM, uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of on the, on the side of like, no, don't draw their characters. There's got to Most of the people I've ever run into that the game are artists. I mean, there was a guy that's been on our forum, had no idea he was an artist, and suddenly he sends me that great link of, of uh, my vampire of of Albert, right. and I'm like, I had no idea the guy was an artist, and Wait, it looks really? great. Oh yeah, yeah I'll show it to you. It. I I'll, see. Yeah, I'll bring it up. It's a totally great picture, and I'm that's like, awesome. wow, a lot of people draw. So and now see, he's I always Scully. I always pictured your character as Harry Reams. I did too, but I actually <laughs> like what he drew better. Yeah. Um. See. I, I can't draw at all. I mean, stick figures are like a serious challenge. So if if someone wants to draw my character, I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, what do you want it to look like? I don't care. But not the GM? Or well, the GM can't? If the GM's the only guy that can draw. Well, okay. Well, yeah. You don't yeah, like drawing. If this guy's getting asked to draw player characters as often as it sounds like in this letter, he's mm. obviously got some skills. So there's a reason they're asking him to draw them. So I think it's less about having the GM draw their character than a good artist draw their character. Right. Which, in that case, I say, go for it. You know, as long as you're taking input from the player and drawing their character sort of as they see it rather than telling them how their character looks. Because it doesn't sound like he's going to do that. You should just send it to Sam's phone. Oh, yeah, it's right here. I'll do that. Just text it to me. I can text it from this because it's a Mac. You're correct. Yay. Yeah, I Wait, she doesn't have an Apple phone. I don't. No. No, no but I can text matter. from here. Oh, to, yeah, cuz all my contacts are in here. Or you can just send it to me on Slack. That would be more complicated cuz I don't have Slack installed on this. Okay, do what you want. All right. Well, <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that like it wouldn't be a cool situation if he sat down and just drew all the player characters around the table. Yes. And then was like, here's what your guy looks like. 
and they're like, oh, oh yeah, thanks. that would be that would be a like a violation. Yeah, that's a that's little a that's on the douche. Yeah. yeah, we don't. Yeah, mm, but they're like. Hey man, you're good at drawing some stuff, and you've heard the story that we've been involved in so far. So, you know my guy has no left eye because I gave it to Grumpsh, or you know, like, <laughs> if, like if, that's okay, what if, I have to do. If they're going to dictate what they want, like you know, like a police sketch artist. That's fine. That's that's a you know, hey, I want this, I want this, I want some of that. Oh no, make the eyes bigger, or make there. That's that's I, I'm okay with that. But if if you're like, oh, just draw my character, man. I'm like. Ah. No, because it's your character. You tell me what he, you think he looks like. I'm not going to come up with it for you. I guess it depends on the re- request from the player and how much, how descriptive they've been of their character in game. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure we would all know what Riley looks like from the vampire game at this point because I describe what she's wearing like all the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes and no, because this guy just did a great sketch of Albert and it's better than what I thought he looked like. But that's a that's a good thing. It is a good thing, but Chrissy's also not jamming, so that's 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 fair. I I don't know. I'm of I'm of the of the opinion that the the what we all see in our mind's eye is completely different than what everybody else sees. Yeah, but you know so, what? That's because you know how to draw. No, it's not that's even why that. You think that what the way the way I picture Albert is different than the way you're going to picture Albert is the way is different than the way Sam's going to picture Albert. And then if I'm the only one that can draw, it's going to be my interpretation or close to the interpretation of what I see as Albert. Everybody goes, "Wow, that's better than I could have drawn him," but it's not your Albert. That so, doesn't matter. <laughs> It, just, it doesn't matter. No, the guy wants I, to have I'm a picture of his character. Yeah, like, the guy just wants to have a picture on his, on well, his it's character like sheet. A different, and he doesn't want it to be a stick figure. It's like different comic <laughs> artist interpretations of the same character. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Rogue doesn't look the same when she's drawn in every iteration. She, you know, Her facial features look different. Her proportions might be slightly different. Mm-hmm. But you still know it's Rogue. And same thing. Like, if, if all of us drew Albert, you would know it was Albert. But they would all be different styles. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's, if it's a style thing, I, I'm just concerned. Like we say, you know, if the person has input, say, I want this, I want this, I want this. Other than just draw my character, man, and it, then we'll be done with it. I'm like, Let's, no. In the comic book analogy, like there have been probably hundreds of people that have drawn Captain America, but there was one particular comic artist that drew Captain America that I detested and I thought looked stupid. <laughs> and it's... I'm, and it's who was that? I, uh, 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 what's his name? Oh, we had this whole discussion about it. Jack Kirby? The, well, no, it was that image where like <coughs> Captain America had a chest that was out like, oh, yeah, I don't like a shelf. Oh, yeah. It was like oh, a, a yeah. foot. Like, here's his head and then he had like... His like pectoral muscles pecs. were like a shelf out and like super. Dolly Parton. It's probably Rob Leefield. I don't know who it was. I think it was. It's not yeah. downloading. There's a tiny picture if you want to see the tiny picture. I do want but to see. I, the tiny I can't picture. get it to, do- to download. Oh yeah, dude, that guy's awesome. Oh yeah, that's awesome. I, I have to admit, on the forums. One of my I, one of my favorite things. I actually made an account for myself on the forum. Woo! Yay! Uh, Being late to things. Woo! (laughs) One of my favorite things, though, was like when we'd get the fan art for the Inukai game. I loved that stuff. Yeah, it was fucking amazing. I was like, yes, it's a total honor too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And they and who was it? 
was it S.P. Lloyd? I don't remember who it was. Started it, That yeah. made the three yeah. ma- original characters. Yeah. But they're caricatures of the players. Yeah. Oh, that's so, like, Tyler's costume. character is Tyler as a samurai. Is it still what? in the... the- uh, I'll look. It might that's be in there. That's cool. Here, I'll go look right now. <coughs> it was but a real I, honor. Like, like here we are, you know, <coughs> playing this game, and suddenly this like full fledged artwork shows up of your character. You're like, that's really cool, um, and it was awesome. That's super cool. Yeah, uh, a few weeks ago, somebody posted on Facebook uh, a watercolor they'd drawn mm-hmm. of a couple of my lady friends and I at Wasteland in our Wasteland gear, just mm-hmm. being like post-apocalyptic ladies, right. like ready for battle. Like you do. Like you do. Um, but it was super cool that somebody saw the photograph of us and was like, these costumes look awesome, and took the time to freaking paint a watercolor of it. That's so cool. Yeah, it was super I have sweet. A, I have a watercolor of... Um... No watercolor, uh, an oil painting of myself in my first fair costume. Nice. It's hanging in the dining room. I was young. You wouldn't think it was me because it has hair. And it's 25 years old. Yeah, it's also not, it's pretty flat, too. Plus, he could have done better. I I look a little Eurasian. Yeah. And without the glasses, it's hard to identify you. It is. It is. Um,. But it it was it's very cool to have that and have that moment immortalized. It's yeah. very awesome. Uh, the portraits you have of your kids in pencil and stuff. Are fan- two two of those. I think took one of them. There's one. Oh of them yeah, there, those so. are really truly lovely. amazing. Yeah, that's a guy that used to work at the Renaissance Fair. Okay. He would come out. Um, he would take a camera and take a picture of whatever he was going to do, and then if you got to him early enough in the day, he'd have it done by the end of the day. Wow. He'd yeah. work on it out there. It's sort of like a, people would show up and be like, wow, and then they, you know, make commissions and stuff. Right? Yeah. And then, I mean, and then he had frames and I'd buy a frame and there was, there was a Mother's Day present. But Fantastic, yeah. too. Awesome. And, and, and he, I mean, it was, it wasn't cheap, but I mean, it wasn't Listen, as expensive as you would think it for, is. For right. a one-of-a-kind pencil or charcoal sketch of your kids or you, whoever, oh, yeah. it's, it, there is no price for that. Right. That, that will get handed well, out. It's immortalized. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> no, there really is. I mean, no, yeah, th- there's an upper limit. But right. I mean, it was reasonable. I think probably with frame and everything. And they're large. They're, they're big, big pictures. Yeah, those are decent size. They're probably, with the frame, $250. I think. I think I paid $250 to have things framed. Yeah. Oh, sure. Let alone original artwork and a frame. With the, like, 70% off Michael's coupon. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah. And he's not doing fair anymore. I don't know what happened. He just disappeared. But he was a fantastic artist, and he was fast. I mean, he would get three or four commissions in the morning, and he'd work on them all day long, and by the end of the day, boom. That is super quick. And he was good at, like, making a composite, because he'd get, like... He'd take like three or four pictures of the kids, and they're goofing around the whole time. But there's like one picture where Allie would look good, and there's another picture where Zachary would look good. So he'd, or he'd take two different pictures of them and sort of intertwine them together. This guy was really good. What's the matter? I can't find it. No, I lost my script. It was in your hand when you went into the bathroom. Was it? Yes. Is it in the bathroom? It's in the bathroom. I guess it is. It's not any of the paper on the floor. No, were you reading long. it when you were on the pot? <laughs> it was in the bathroom. <laughs> it's like a Seinfeld episode. You, you, no, nobody's going to touch that now, right? It's you been in the bathroom. No, no that one's definitely yours. <laughs> I found two other episodes. In there? No. Oh, right there. Yeah. <laughs> like one was down here and one was over there, and I was like, I'm no, not... I found it. Oh, no, I didn't. So, My studio hygiene isn't great. 
if you haven't noticed. Did I hit the trash can? You missed. I no. Damn it. All right. That's uh, why studio hygiene isn't great, because you miss. <laughs> All right. Meh. Close enough. A follow-up to the questionnaire email from Sergeant Dan. Now, he actually gives all of the questions he asks. We don't have to go through all of them. Maybe just a couple. Maybe sort of a smattering. Okay. Just see how it Smattering you know. is a nice word. Let's do it that. Is. Okay. Who would like to read the follow-up to the questionnaire email from Sergeant Dan? Do you want that one or you want me to take it? You raised your hand. You do it. Oh, I was wow, Sam. gesturing the smattering. <laughs> oh, you were gesturing wildly. I'm sorry. But I thought I'm happy you were enthusiastically. No, I was, I, it was the it was smattering. smatter motion. Sorry. So it really but, doesn't smatter. Uh, sure. The chai <clears throat> beer is making me bossy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> is it good? It's delicious. Do you want to try it? Yeah. It. Huh. What is that? It's beer, but it's chai. Oh, it's the stuff Dave brought. Chai, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's not bad. It tastes like cream soda bad. in a beer form. Well, it's got that kind of cinnamony yeah. thing yeah. to it. It reminds me a little bit of that horchata no, beer vomit. It's not that bad. It isn't, but the cinnamon kind of reminds my brain of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that was a very dramatic experience. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, a not trigger again. warning? It was. I get it. I find cinnamon triggering now <laughs> because of the horchata beer. beer. Yeah. <sighs> It's not as bad as the peach abomination, though. The peach abomination was awful. The cactus stuff wasn't very good either. In fact, I think that's the actual name of it on the box. Peach abomination. Not very (laughs) encouraging. Well, at least it was accurate. There's actually a a microbrew place very nearby that makes an horchata stout, which could be good. I've actually liked it. Maybe. But this was like That's regular good. beer. Like it was a blue orch- moon, though. So yeah, it was yeah. like it was mass produced horchata oh. with like a vice beer. Yeah. Maybe. All right. <clears throat> Here ahead, I sir. go. Hello, Stork Stew and the Douchebag Crew. Sergeant Dan again with a follow up to my questionnaire email. Below are the questionnaires for five PCs and five questions to frame the story. Using dragnet shows as a framework for the story, I will use the answers people give to deepen the story and feverishly lay track down for the plot train. Uh, I will also give the players a choice of system for the game. Hero system, champions. Don't pick that one. Uh, Savage Worlds. uh, Or a hack of Gumshoe's Mutant City Blues. Um, each system would give a different flavor to the game. I hope to perfect this uh, so I can have a pocket con game in case someone needs a GM to run something. That's a great idea. Uh, I have the intro to the game below for your reading pleasure. Any constructive criticism would be appreciated. Drink! Yes. Slancha. By your command, as they say. Oh, that fixed it. That's it. It what? That was. It's that connector. Yeah. I just realized. I look at the. I looked at the the view meters, and one of them was bouncing when it shouldn't be. Well, right. good job. Yeah. Oh, are you gonna play the? Or does that it's not a, connect? It all, all that connector, all that cord was doing was making noise. When I actually want to use that channel, uh, oh no, it doesn't actually work. Bastards. <laughs> Assholes. I was excited because I like the dragnet music too. I'm well. Dun, I don't understand dun, dun, why it's dun. not playing. Oh wait, that was Perry Mason. Was it Dun 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 Dun? That was Perry Mason, right? No, that's it. Yeah, that's Dragnet. No, it's Perry Mason. No, it's not Perry yeah. Mason. 
Because I don't know Perry Mason, and that's not Perry Mason. <laughs> oh, uh, Perry Mason's da 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 Just don't, don't worry wow. about it. Wow. It's, it's unplugged. Go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Sergeant Dan living in the hinterland of Johnston County, North Carolina. Uh, which I don't know if I've ever been there. I've been through North Carolina many times, but if it's not a county that touches one of the highways <coughs> of Lebanon, probably not. P.S. Worried, anxious, depressed? Go to church. He will be running Traveler at DrewCon in St. Louis, June 3rd through the 4th. And there's a link. Uh, PPS, a glow in the setting that he's talking about, is a person with supernatural abilities. They're called glows because their eyes glow a faint blue, like the uh, Atreides, uh, when their powers activate. The tooth. Yes. The tooth. I am so training one of my little girls to say, my brother is coming with any Fremen more. Because she has bright blue eyes and she's creepy. Uh, <laughs> so when your son finds the wand and your and your other kid is like, knowing this voice, my brother comes. It kind of it, it kind of hurts my soul so that you're that you're gonna base it off of the David Lynch film. Fuck off! The David Lynch film is an amazing movie. No, it's an You've amazing. You've lost all film. credibility, all of it. All credibility is now lost. I, I've always no, the I'm, echoey whispering to themselves in their heads for internal dialogue rather than acting. Well, I, I was I was told. Oh my David god! Lynch stepped, I'm about to nerd rage. David David Lynch <laughs> stepped in to save that film from from the from the the Delorentises because he could not stand what they were doing. He well, failed. But they they'd he shot, failed. They'd shot a bunch of he stuff failed. already. Okay. And he had to piece it together. He failed. <laughs> it was it's it's a monstrosity. You want to see a good version? Watch the Sci-Fi Channel mini. They are fine. Yes, that is a good story. Wait, the yeah. Sci-Fi Channel did something original that was okay. Oh yeah, yeah the Dune oh. that doesn't involve Dune a giant and, crocodile or Dune and Children of yeah. Dune. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't know they did Children of Dune too. Yeah. Oh, because I've got Dune on. Uh, on DVD, it's like five or six DVDs. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. It's I great need to go rendition. And watch those. It's good. They're really it's good. good. Okay, fair. It's not like it's not like the David Lynch version at all. It's good. Although I did, like although I sh- do like the portrayal of Harkonnen. Yes. I, I like and I like the shields. They were kind of cool when he did the little knife fight. It had some visual effects that were cool, and it was eye candy. Yeah, I mean yeah. The, the costumes and stuff were fantastic. Costumes were great. Yeah. To be honest, I have a good recollection of it, but I only remember what it looked like and not what it sounded like or anything. Yeah, stupid echoey voices. Yeah. And I may heads. have watched it on mute with music on. That's the way to watch it. <laughs> it's, Colleen Atwood. It's visually beautiful. Colleen Atwood oh, actually yeah. did some great costume design for sure. Ooh, it, that it, explains why I like it. Exactly right. And she actually designed a whole. No, <laughs> so I'm a suit, big nerd for And they Atwood. actually work well. Yeah, she's freaking because like, she's genius. amazing. Yeah, yeah, she's a wonder seventh wonder of the world. I mean, to be yeah. honest, her and Eiko Ishioka ugh, just can't even. Do Do you need a moment? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm getting <laughs> verklempt over here. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm verklempt. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, only go through a couple of these, and I'm going to. Is it? Do you say that? No, you. I think you. Oh edited, yeah, 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 edited, I did, yeah. Yeah. So, ha ha! <laughs> you're being edited on the fly by a drinking guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that rhymes. <right>. The blaster. 
Uh, here, we'll, we'll do one question from each of these. How about that? Um, you worked in the world of high finance. Describe your lifestyle, professional, and personal relationships. That's cool. I kind of dig it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Brick. The governor of North Carolina has pardoned you. What were the events leading up to the pardon, and what do you remember about that day? Also cool. Uh, the Gadgeteer. Why don't you like the brick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah! There you, go. you put it on the side of the brick. <laughs> the story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Okay, there you go. They had all these like announcers back then that smoked like dragons. They all had these wonderful yeah. whiskey voices. Well, oh, no, that's actually yeah. a woman. <laughs> I think I lived next to that lady when I was in middle school. She when, was they recorded, when they recorded Dragnet, she was 19. Yeah. <laughs> I think she was the school nurse at yeah, school. That's so awesome. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, oh, what's the next stop. one? Uh, the Mentalist. Um, how were you recruited to the RPD Glow Squad? Why did you accept uh, the Speedster? Um. What makes you feel uncomfortable around the mentalist? Uh, the adventure question. One no, read, the, read all of those. those yeah, sure. That sounds good. Uh, one per player. If less than five PCs, give volunteers an extra. Uh, number one. What is the current high-profile glow case your unit is working on? <laughs> unit. <laughs> and it glows. Glow. <laughs> it's exciting. You can see what's going on. Uh, there is a number two. <laughs> Sounds like you should see a doctor about that. <laughs> it's just what movie was that? A skin deep where there was a whole. They, they wear the glow in the dark condoms and there's a whole lightsaber. The lightsaber battle. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There's a guy that glows. So, so the premise is that he's he's going to have sex with this woman. So they, she says, Here, try these new condoms. And then, wait, 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 that's my husband. And so he goes and hides in the closet, I guess. And the husband comes in and he gets one on. And but it's all in the dark. So, and then he comes out and so all you're seeing and eventually are these, all you see are these glowing <laughs> sticks. That are and then fighting. the sound comes out. <laughs> it's, it's probably the only funny part of the movie. Actually, I, I like yeah. the movie, but yeah, there's a whole what was lot. it? Which movie was it? It's called Skin Deep. Uh, John Ritter, I think I believe it's Blake John Edwards. John Ritter, what? Yeah. yeah, oh, that was his extensive film career. That was it, right? Well, yeah. that in uh, Changing Channels was. Was it? that before or after Three's Company? Uh, it was after Three's Company, but before the whole Devil Child thing. The, the oh yeah yeah, 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 and way before he was a robot on Buffy. Yes. yes. Sean Ritter was a robot on Buffy? Oh, yeah. I never watched all of Buffy. I only watched some a few seasons. I never saw the whole thing. You probably can call it up the interwebs. It's actually like... It's a I, started, I started to binge watch the whole thing. It's on Netflix. You can watch all yeah. of it. Yeah. No, I'm at Skin Deep. That I've seen, not Buffy. Okay. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm by the way, I've started reading The Expanse. Mm-hmm. Another sci-fi original Ooh, series, is good. which is fantastic. Yes, yeah. Is it sci-fi? Oh, it's yeah, sci-fi it channel. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. that one's good. I've been watching that one. I, I've got all three of the books, and I got the Audible. I, I've been trying to tell everybody I around. I, I heard the books are, are better than them. the series. The thing uh, is, there's probably you, just more. You, to if them. you tell Stu to read something, he won't. You, I know he won't do it. I I, I left the girl with the dragon tattoo in his house for like two years, and then he saw the film and loved the movie. It's like, and I'm like, I left the book with him. I'm not gonna read it. Let me know what you think of the books because I like the series and I might read. Them. I'm 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 about halfway through the first one. I'm enjoying it. <coughs> I really like both. It's a little okay. diff- it's a little different. 
I think the characterizations are a little better in the TV show. Hmm. Um, he doesn't really go into. I get a, a much much more of a feeling about Miller mm. watching the series. Yes. Okay. The flaws of his character. Mm-hmm. Than I than I get in from the book. In, in, from the book. And you get Tom Jane's amazing hair with the big thing yeah. in the front that. It's like the it's like Zero Mostel. Yeah. He's a skinny version of Zero Mostel. Yes. I just want to fix his hair like the whole series. I'm just like, okay, the costumes are great, but can I just please fix your hair? Have you ever seen Zero Mostel? No. Uh, from watch, the producers. Uh, the original producers. The producers yeah. is, the, is the perfect one to watch because he has this comb over, but it's a comedic comb over. Okay. So he's got all of this hair and it's constantly down. So his sort of mannerism all the time is He's to constantly pull his hair up. That makes me crazy because when I see somebody on screen that does that, I'm just like <laughs> furiously don't like trying it. to fix it on myself. It doesn't work. But he is, he's like the quintessential frenetic actor. Okay. He's like a ball of energy and unkempt hair. Yes, well said. Yeah. <laughs> he is. <laughs> It's like Oliver Hardy with the neckties. Yes, yeah. yeah. And Oliver Hardy had bad hair too. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But I just remember Zero Mostel with both hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's balding anyway, so it was like the, uh, a pathetic comb over. Back to the adventure. Yeah, questions. adventure question. The second, uh, there is a MacGuffin out there. What is it, and what is its purpose? Number three, who is the prime suspect in your unit's current case? His or her description. Uh, what are his powers? Stretcher, muscle, invisibility, or elemental control? Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, describe the look and feel of the last scene of your unit's current case. Unit. <laughs> and number five, who is the missing witness of the unit's current case? Describe that person. <laughs> uh, then let me. Damn it, Stark. Let me go ahead and read the uh, game intro. Oh, hold on. Yeah, you get ready. Do the thing. I'll read slow. Here we go. This is the city. Raleigh, North Carolina. State capital. University town. An anchor city of the research triangle. The politics, academics, and tektronics would be enough for any town. Since the coming of the Dread Star comic books have leaped from the imagination of artists to stark reality... This is where you come in. You work here. You carry a badge. Okay, now the Dragnet theme. I, well, I like the it. voiceover. Uh, it was good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's October 12th. It's humid in the city of Oaks. You are working uh, your watch out of the Supernatural Enforcement Unit. See you. <laughs> the, A.K.A. the Glow Squad. Your boss is Captain Decker. He got promoted since hunting down androids mm-hmm. uh your names are let the pcs defend <coughs> themselves it was an unusually quiet night the glow squad officer on call for overnight watch got a rare full night sleep the day started with the paper shuffle every police department had to do that's when captain decker walked in dot 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 so he wants critiques on this no just telling us about it okay no he wanted if we had feedback oh, on yeah. his game intro uh, I like it. I mean, it sounds interesting. I'm not familiar with the source material, but... It sounds uh, super fun. It yeah. uh, 
brings to mind a little bit of the Nick Valentine storyline from Fallout 4. Yes, yeah, If anybody's been playing Fallout 4. A little bit of the flavor there. Did you I like finish it. Fallout 4? Define finish. Because I stopped because I had to take a side. I had to pick a side. And I'm, I I wasn't sure what side to pick. And I'm like, fuck this. I don't want to have to pick a side. I, I like all of them. So I stopped. I uh, halted doing the main storyline mission so I could do all of the side quests. I did too. I'm a couple of I, I did all of them too. So I'm still busy doing all of the side quests at ever. At some point, just because it's 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 them, they, they will force you to make a choice. And hopefully, I don't know. I was pissed. It's- I've already sort of aligned myself with the railroad uh-huh. because I love droids. Yeah. In case anyone didn't notice that I love robots. Um... <laughs> Because they're shiny. <laughs> so I'm probably going to side with the droids. Sorry, since. Yeah, the since. Yes. But anyway, uh, this whole scenario reminds me a little bit of that character from Fallout 4, who yeah, I love absolutely. and is fantastic, and it seems super fun. And is also the gritty, noir yes. character. Did you play too? Yeah. Yeah. What side did you align with? Uh, with the... Uh, Brotherhood. Yeah, I figured you would. <laughs> yeah. Screw those guys. Yeah. Yeah, but they have the armor. No, I... Aren't you going to ask me who I aligned with? Mole rats. No, I didn't play it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you play the, the you play the little app I, game. I, I love, I love Fallout, Fallout Shelter. Shelter. Yeah. I, I've I, now played the, the Fallout Shelter game. Dude. I'm, he can't stop playing it. Mostly I'm, because if I have it on my phone, I'll just do that all the time. Hold on a second. At the next convention that you attend... If Tomes is running that game, play it. Okay. Because he figured out a way to have a straight-up RPG that had all of the mechanics of... That's awesome. ...running the little Fallout shelter that you had to play and then deal with, like, oh, we're going to run out of power. you got to go in there and activate the the generator. And, oh, you can run run out of water. we got to go do the water processing plan. Right. All of that stuff. That is awesome. awesome. I got... I got to the point at and one... And your character one, made out of fucking Legos. That's awesome. <laughs> I got to the point where I had a million caps. Oh, I have so many caps. <laughs> My vault survivor That's... is super rich. And I can't throw anything away either. I have, like, stuff... Sh- like stored in lockers everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. My companions are just Sherpas <laughs> for my crap. Just, I'm just like, ooh, this looks valuable yeah. and shiny. Hold yep. this. Yep. I found what I played when I played through Fallout 3 the first time. I made literally the worst human being that could possibly exist. And I was like, I'm going to do everything terrible. Yeah. It'll be so bad. It sucks. And I did all that <coughs> right at the beginning of the game. I was just like, I'm just going to go wander the earth and, and shoot kill people and take their shit. Yeah. And then I'm going to take their shit shit. I'm getting everything. <laughs> it's, just, it's all mine. That's what I'm doing. And then when I actually started to do the storyline, it was fucked up. And I couldn't progress because it came to a certain point where you came across the lawman, basically. And they were like... you going through a tunnel and at the other end there's like 15 super mutants big giant horrible dudes i know and they come running down the hallway and the the good guys are supposed to show up behind you and be like hey we're gonna help you and they start killing them (laughs) they showed up and started shooting at me also yeah because i was such a terrible person and i'm like oh well i gotta make a new character oh no karma's a thing railroady shit is that no, like it let me do anything I damn well please. It'll let, but you, there were let you make the choices you want, but 
The choices may fuck you up. Does the game become unwinnable, though? It did for me with that character. Yeah. That's well, I suppose if I was better, if I was just a better player and I could you kill all of them. Well, yeah, yeah. If you could solo Maybe. all the mutants, which you could have done if you'd laid out a bunch of mines and they yeah. were yeah. and they would have died, which is what I had to do at one point. The mutants are annoying, but yeah, you can you can kind of meta game them. And, and because of the pause button, you were able to like save like yes. minutes before all that stuff happens, so you can go back and like, all right, what have I got? What have I got? Or you can like not go down the tunnel, go get a bunch of mines, come back, and then go down the tunnel. Whatever. But yeah. you could have done it on your own. But I also it, it, that's the interesting thing about Fallout, though, is that your choices do actually have consequences in the mm-hmm. game. Oh, it yeah. is like she said, karma's a bitch, and it's it really is neat that way because <sighs> the people you're supposed to ally with, and it will change the story. Uh, you suddenly suddenly whole certain. Uh, story arcs aren't available to you because you made all the wrong choices. Right. Or even small stuff, like if you show up in a vault uh, wearing power armor, they're like, how do you even fit in here down that, like, yeah. with that on? Like, what are you doing? And they're, like, aggro towards you. But if you go in there in a vault suit, they're like, oh, hey. <laughs> one of us. <laughs> What's up, bestie? And <laughs> your, like, your choices for what you wear, what kind of armor you have, all of the things you do in-game totally make a difference. Oh. It's super fun. But you get to a point because at some point you have to make choice to ally yourself with somebody. <coughs> and my problem with it's the same thing I have with Skyrim. I'm like, I don't know anything about the political machinations. I don't know these people. If I make this choice now, do, am I going to regret it later? I don't know. So like having anxiety over the choices you make yeah. in this game? Yeah. Well, you get to a point where you're like, <laughs> I have to ally myself with a group, but I don't know anything about these groups or where it's going to lead. I'm not going to make a choice. And they're like, sorry, you don't get to go any further. You can do all the side quests all you want, but we're not going to move the story further along until you make a choice. And I'm like, that's kind of shit. You do have to pick, but at least in Skyrim, well, both of them, I think, they give you kind of, like, info, if you look for it, about, yeah. like, what each side kind of, their I have to go on the forums and, and read a bunch of, like, history table. I'm like... No, in-game? No, in-game, yeah. In-game, yeah like, yeah. if you're the you just sort weren't of... not reading the block text. <laughs> no, like... <laughs> I'm the nerd player that, like, kills all the dudes and then goes and, like, picks up all the notes in the building and reads them. You have to. <laughs> because you have to. That's how you learn, like, yeah. what the Stormcloaks are up to. Right. Or, like, what the railroad is all about. I like reading stuff. <laughs> I do, too. But I can't keep track of all of that. That's And, and ultimately, I'm like, if I let myself with the rebels, and then, because I bought a house in this place, if I do that, am I going to get, like, killed when I go into my house? Oh, yeah. Real estate is hard. (laughs) Anyway. All right. We have another email here. One more. One more. Uh, Thank you very much. And uh, I went through the entirety of the questions, and I liked them. Every one of them has a tie-in with another character, so you build. And and the players get to decide what they're going to build. But it's like, why don't you like this guy? Yeah. Or, oh yeah, I like that, that about this. How it told you to collaborate with the other players mm-hmm. about like what kind of relationship you had with each other. So just kind of being in like a one-off game that I think that would kind of inbuild some camaraderie when you're getting yeah. started. Yep, I agree. Fair related GM confessions horror story from Devon and Des Moines. Now the Devon I knew from Fair, I think was the head of St. Helena's back in the day. This guy's a boothie. All right. Uh, he may not be a boothie. I think he just knows a boothie. Maybe. Maybe you're Devin right. I, the Devin I knew had the best quote ever because he was like head of, head of I think, St. Helena's. And, and, and at one point there was like a, okay, uh, this Gerald or whatever. It's it's <coughs> Jesus Christ. They, they, first of all, they had railed upon everybody about like you cannot dress 
There is no cross-dressing. You cannot go as a female character if you're a male character. It's just it's too confusing right. for the patrons and everything. All right. Okay. All right. Everybody got that right. So today is uh, Jesus Christ Day, so you can all dress as Jesus Christ and carry around. And, and Devin says up because I thought you told us there was no cross-dressing. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I laughed <laughs> like Stu just did. That's awesome. I was truly the oh, most of it. So, Devin, if, that, if this is, in fact, the same Devin, it was probably one of the best quotes I'd ever heard ever. Oh, so genius. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, 181 degrees. Oh. What is? pulled pork. Is? His meat. Oh. Meat. It's heating Fantastic. up a little too God, fast. If you're pulling your pork, it's 180 degrees. you got to slow down. <laughs> Chafing, chafing. Since it's Rimfair time out in the oh, Southern Cup. How's that for a topper? Uh, since it's Rimfair time. Hey. Uh, just hey. in the volume. Out in Southern California. Hey. Hey. Stork. What? It's her turn. I didn't oh, get to sorry. Read one yet. Stingy. Shush it. Man. Jeez. I just didn't know you wanted to read. You were so. What it, we just talked about how much I like reading in Fallout. <laughs> I need more beer. <laughs> <laughs> Or do you? <laughs> yes. So she gets angry enough to deal with you. Is that the Scottish side or the Irish side coming out? Well, that would or be the, the German Irish. side. Oh, my God. <laughs> Remind me really not to piss you off. <laughs> See, this is why you don't read my emails. Yeah. Do you send me emails? No, this is an email. Oh, this email. <laughs> All right. Like, uh, now who doesn't need more Now beer? I don't even look at your emails. I never knew you sent one. Maybe I shouldn't delete them next time. Felicitations, thou jackanapes. Since it's Renfair time out there in Southern California, I thought I would regale you with a GM confessional slash horror story that happened many years ago with some guys I met while working at fair. I was a boothie. Aha, you're right, Stu. Working at the fruit ice vendor... This was back at the Devore site. Is that Devore or Devore? Okay. Devoir. Okay. No, Devore. <clears throat> Devour. It's an armpit between uh, San Bernardino and Redlands. Okay. In fabric terms, Devore is to burn out some velvet. Well, it's Bur- similar. No, burn no, it's out similar. velvet? When you, ha- you just burn parts of it away to make a fancy pattern. Oh, okay. Or you just, oh, like, uh, you like wear, a swirly pattern. Or something. Yeah, you wear yeah. tight velvet pants and, <laughs> and rock. The you can self-devorate your velvet <laughs> if you must. But well, <laughs> there's The a- divorce site was pretty burned out, so it actually okay. makes a lot of sense. Apropos. It was, actually. My older brother was an actor in one of the stage shows, and sometimes we would drive down to fair together and camp there. I want to know what stage show he was in. I was never much of a drinker, so I would usually go off and find myself a nice, quiet place to relax, read a book or draw, and enjoy the fair atmosphere. I have a fond memory of sitting on my sleeping bag on the top story of a booth reading a recently purchased copy of Ars Magica 1st Edition while listening to the drum circles and fair folk partying on the far side of the fairgrounds. Those were the days. Mm, yes. <clears throat> anyway, one of the guys my brother knew was a fellow boothie named, well, let's call him Vittorio, because why not? Vittorio was a cool guy, and when he found out I was a gamer, he invited me over after fair ended for the day, to play a game of Battletech. 
He set up the board on a small table behind the booth and taught me how the game worked. They played a game at fair? Uh, it's That's awesome. A- after the end of the day, yeah. That's well, awesome. very tactical. It's a lot of maps and well, moving around. So it was Yeah. Like, I mean... Who's sober enough to play a game after fair? Especially well, he said he wasn't Apparently, much of a this guy, he's not much of a drinker. <laughs> I guess so. <clears throat> we had a great time and talked about role playing games. The subject of D&D came up, and I said that I enjoyed DMing. He started talking about how he always wanted to try playing a 24 hour marathon session of D&D, and I agreed that it would be a fun thing to try someday. No, no, it sounds no. good. It's a bad idea. It's, it doesn't even Wave off, good. Maverick. Well, we're going to learn why in a second. I was a high school graduate, and they were a bunch of 20-somethings. So this wasn't such an impossible thing to consider. Young and dumb. Yep. Me, my brother, Vittorio, and some of his friends did stuff together from time to time. Like having paintball matches. And we always talked about putting together that marathon D&D game. Eventually, we settled on a weekend to do it, and I got to work writing an adventure to run. At this point in time, I had been DMing for close to ten years. Solid run. I had graduated from being a Monty Hall DM to trying to focus more on world building and story. Heavy on the story. I like the fact that he he brings up the Monty Hall DM because that was a a term. Monty Hall, was it uh, The Price is Right? That was, make it was like, uh, let's make a deal. Let's make a deal, right? And and he would just give shit away. And the whole Monty Hall GM was somebody who, uh, when they went into a dungeon, they just got loads of shit. That's they, what we were. Yeah. We wanted to like see what would happen when our characters got to like 30th level or 40th level. In one dungeon. And so they'd open up a chest yeah. and they get vorpal swords and magic And you find a million yeah. gold pieces. So a Monty Hall GM is somebody... Because it occurs to me, I don't think we've ever used the term here before. Oh, we have. So we had Early to on, we have. All right. Actually, it's been a... All you kids it's been out there, years since we've used all you kids term. out there, go out there and Google Monty Hall, not H A U L. I bet people I it's even. H-A-L. It's, it's I probably H A W L. He's spelled Hall like. I think it's H A L. An impressive Hall. I think it's H A L L. I think so yeah. too. He was the, the guy, he was yeah. the MC of that show. So uh, uh, yeah. Although maybe it's a pun because it, you get oh, a nice Hall. That's, you're right, Hall, Monty Hall. H-A-H-A-U-L. Good job, writer. It's totally got to be the situation where, where he comes up. Then he goes, all right, all you players at the table, if any of you have a pink metal D20, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you 20 I'm bucks give or whatever's you in this box. Plus one plate armor right now <laughs> if you have a pink metal D20. <laughs> okay, so this guy was what you might call a railroader. Story was paramount to me, and the players were just along for the ride. Uh-oh. And with 24 hours of solid gaming, I felt the freedom to construct an entire mini-campaign. I had it all, an epic journey across the continent, an elven forest where they would meet and be sponsored by a princess, a vast orcish army gathering to threaten the realm, a magical artifact they would need to defeat the big bad, the whole cinematic shebang. My brother and I arrived at Vittorio's house. All of the guys were there and ready to play. They had bought soda, chips, snacks of all kinds, and we had the house to ourselves. I was nervous, but excited. I had never run a game for so many players at once. But I felt up to the challenge. Characters were quickly made. This was back in the second edition days, so character creation wasn't too onerous and we didn't feel pressed for time. 
I started the opening narration. <clears throat> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> this is your D&D city. <laughs> My first warning that things would not go the way I had planned was when Vittorio and his buddies responded to my narration with a chorus of Time passes! in an exaggerated tone of boredom. They laughed and explained it was a private joke in their group. Apparently, their regular GM used that term quite often in lieu of something more descriptive. It is a condemnation of my DMing style that they employed that phrase a number of times during my game. Oh dear. That's... During the twenty-four-hour gaming session, yeah. <laughs> time I, Please, for the love of God, time I passes. passes. <laughs> oh. I, when I used to uh, run games in college, Brian would always sit to my right, and I would be describing something, and he would go over and he'd go like this, and he'd push on my forearm, I'm like, "What are you doing? I'm pressing the fast-forward button." <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's subtle. Okay, so uh, the next day. <laughs> <clears throat> Things went from bad to worse. I had managed to get their party to the elven palace in the woods, and I decided that the elven princess had taken aside the party's paladin to speak privately with him on a balcony. I took that player into a different room and role-played the princess, who wanted to impart a vision she had experienced regarding their quest, and to wish the paladin well. The paladin's player blurted out, Can I kiss her? I was kind of taken aback, but rolled with it. Well, I suppose you could if you wanted to, though she wouldn't be expecting it. Without missing a beat, he pried, replied, Can I kill her then? <laughs> Does she have rings? Can I steal them? <laughs> Vittorio was a great guy, but I make no apologies for this weirdo. That response still creeps me out, creeps me the hell out. I'm gonna concur with our writer here. That is fucking creepy. The game finally ground to a halt when the party got to a vantage point where they were able to see the entire Orcish army's encampment. Instead of doing what I expected them to do, go and warn somebody about their location and numbers, they decided... To attack the whole army, <clears throat> an encampment of five thousand orcs, six player characters. It now, went- if this was four e, that, that might actually be an even fight. <laughs> oh, you'd be fine. Yeah, you'd, you'd be, be fine. Yeah, as long as they're all minions. Well, yeah. yeah. Or, no, no, it's fourth. Yeah. It went it's about fourth. how you might imagine. I tried to give them a chance. Try to run, to surrender, something, but letting them fork. Fight orc, orc after orc after orc, with them completely surrounded and being struck from all sides. This being D&D, they lasted far longer than any person should have been able to under those conditions, but eventually they ran out of hit points and were killed to the last man. At this point, it was around <coughs> 2 or 3 in the morning, and I was exhausted and deeply frustrated. I don't know if they had enjoyed any of the game, but I think I sensed a lot of boredom on their part through a lot of it. The fact that I had them on rails through the entire thing probably had a lot to do with that, but also because they weren't really interested in all of the NPC interactions I had planned. They mostly just wanted stuff to fight and treasures to recover. 
that was the last time I ever gamed with Vittorio. Again, let me stress that he was a good guy and a hospital, hospitable host, but I didn't really want to play with his group again. That disastrous game session taught me some valuable lessons. Up until then, I assumed that everyone played D&D like me and my group did, with the emphasis on roleplay and plot and not a whole lot of fighting. This was my first real introduction to the idea that different people are looking for different things in RPGs, and that my preferred playstyle isn't the only one. This was a lesson I wouldn't truly accept until the first time I played Ultima Online and found out that MMORPGs weren't the role-playing paradise I had hoped they would be. How would, how See, would anyone think they are going to be? I completely disagree about Ultima Online not being a role-playing paradise. Because... That shit, literally, I, I just had this discussion with a friend of mine last week about how Ultima Online was truly the the only MMO-type game that just lets you do whatever the fuck you want. You want to be a guy that goes out and chops down trees in the wilderness to make furniture? Cool. That's your <laughs> life. You want to be a blacksmith? All right, you can go and mine from a mountain and bring the ore back to your smithy. And but, but wasn't it always potentially for player versus player? Like, yeah. So you could it be on the like trees and life. somebody would gank you. Yes. Yeah, that's... That like sucks. It would be in a medieval world. Right. No, yeah. because there were people that just went out and ganked people for no reason. And you they don't think people did that in the medieval <laughs> world? I think they did, but it's too real. Right. You don't want that in your game. You just you want, want reality, to be able to cut to down your trees. I, I just yeah. want to make furniture, and I keep getting ganked. I go back to the place where I left my axe, and I get ganked again. The great... Why is that fun? <laughs> no, the There's great a guy story... camping my axe. Yes. <laughs> no, the, the, the great story from Ultima Online is the story of Hulk Hogan. Right? Okay. It's a dude that made a, a character, named him Hulk Hogan, went out, got himself a yellow shirt, <laughs> and got himself a red bandana that he wore on his head, and some yellow pants, and he went out and he started wrestling deer in the wilderness, <laughs> and then he graduated to wrestling like lizard men and orcs, <laughs> and he worked his wrestling skill and his strength all the way up to the top. And eventually he, through some series of events that I don't remember at the moment, ended up challenging Lord British, the guy that made the game, right. to a duel. A wrestling match. And then he said, is this going to be a wrestling match? And because Lord British is like, well, you name the weapon. We're going to do this. And they ended up he they ended up coding a arena for them to play in so people could <laughs> watch. And yes. they literally <laughs> had this match, and he steps out there, and he, you know he had hotkeys for like, I'm gonna take care of Lord British today, brother. We're gonna do this, <laughs> and like he goes up, that and like the, the animation for wrestling was hilarious because it was like you'd go up and just start hugging right. at <laughs> something, like you didn't actually touch it, but you would right. just be like. And because this is like what the late nineties. Yeah. Okay. Mid late nineties. Yeah. Right. But sixteen um, bit graphics. <laughs> yes. But uh, th- he was about to win the fight, and Lord British ended up using magic to win. And there was no. a big uproar. Oh, did anyone throw, ch- like, throw chairs? Yeah. Well, the people are like standing in the <laughs> arena, like going, "Bo, bo!" <laughs> like, th- 
Like, what other game in the history of video games has let some random dude that's like, I'm going to make Hulk Hogan, like... (laughs) Still get his ass kicked by the designer of the game. Yeah, great. Yeah, awesome. You know, he's working on a game right now that got Kickstarted, and I put a hundred bucks in on it, and I haven't checked on it in years. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Your hundred bucks just went to his flight to... Yeah. No, no, no. He's actually... I think they've done betas and stuff. Sure, sure. I'll believe that. But... Yeah, at the same time, I knew a dude when I played the game religiously that he just wanted to be the best blacksmith. And literally, that's what he did. And then eventually, he became super wealthy because he was like really good at making stuff and selling it all over the world. Uh, and But he never bought anything but, like, you, in the game, you could buy a little house. So you could, and then eventually, when you get a lot of money, you could buy a castle. And people always progressed up the chain of size things you could buy, except this dude. He's like, no, I I always want to have a blacksmithy. That's all I want. It's a little bigger than the smallest house, but it's mine, and I can do my stuff there. He was out in the woods, and people would seek him out to make stuff for him. Right, but he eventually got enough money that he got himself a whole bunch of good gear, and he and I would go into dungeons and do adventures and stuff. Because he needed materials. One day we were coming back home after being on a journey and we're riding along the road and some dudes had built a barricade across the road out of furniture (laughs) (laughs) existed in the game so that you couldn't ride your horse because you couldn't ride your horse really off the road because if you hit a tree or whatever you'd have to stop and like turn and it was terrible. So they had built this barricade, and there's one guy behind the barricade that's like, give us 500 gold or we're going to kill you. And both of us are riding high on our big horses and our big fancy armor and everything, and he, my friend goes, fuck off. I'm not giving you any money. I'm going to kill you. And he goes to try, but then six other dudes step out from behind trees and oh, all cast no. Mage Bolt or whatever it was called and kill my buddy. Well, there was a system in the game where if another player killed you, you could post a bounty. And you could take any amount of gold that you had in the bank or on your character and put it towards this bounty. Well, little did they know that they had just killed the wealthiest dude on our server. And suddenly he posted a bounty of like four million gold. (laughs) It rocketed this random highwayman all the way to the top of the wanted list. Right. Hundreds of people are streaming out of towns to find this guy and get the money. And, like, and he's logging off as quickly as yeah, he he's can. Yeah, he's like, oh my god, I have to make a new character. I can't ever play that guy again. That is funny. That is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it's in uh, release number 28. Well, good. I, I, I've never... What is? Uh, the Shroud of the Avatar. Oh. Which is Lord British's... Kickstarter. I mean, I I got cool. I got in it in like 2013. I mean, it's been a long time, but um, yeah, he's been releasing updates for it. Cool. And there's, okay. I mean, when I just I, I don't thing, play I video mean. games very often. I, but I, I I only I put in like twenty five dollars. So I'm like, this should exist because mm-hmm. it's fucking Lord British. I'm I'm getting ready. T minus three days now what? until Savage Worlds Rift oh the God. Kickstarter. <laughs> I will own it. See, I thought you were going to go with video games because I'm still waiting for a No Man's Sky to drop. So, are they going to yeah, are they going to ruin this the Savage Worlds rules set so it's more like riffs? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Look, I, I, with Rob Taylor's horrible influence, ran a con game in Rifts. Original Rifts. Yes. You and it was a it, shit show. <laughs> was it, I'm what, shocked. Was it worse than the Top Secret? No. It was just different. They were both bad. It's like, well, do you want to clean the outhouse, or do you want to clean the bar bathroom? Uh, <laughs> you get to pick. It's cool. Whichever one you want to do. But, yeah. but you're going to clean one. It's going to be a bad day. <laughs> With my tongue, or do I get equipment? Either way. Uh. So, back to this email that I was reading. I'm going to go with the bar. <laughs> I also learned... That players get bored with being railroaded. Yes. One of the unique joys of RPGs is the absolute freedom players can have. Since then, I've tried to be better about improvising, rolling with what the players decide to do, and running with plot stuff that they're interested in, even if it doesn't have much to do with my original adventure idea. Finally, I learned how special my home group really was to me. We had been gaming since junior high, and those of us who still met to game together shared similar tastes. I would later join an L.A.-based LARP group with my brother called Campaign. Parentheses. Hi, Twin and Maui. Oh. Oh, he knows Twin and Maui. Okay. Yeah, they're like the LARP queens. I think anybody who LARPs knows Twin and Maui. And meet more players and GMs who valued character, story, and drama over killing things and taking their stuff Though we did a bit of that, too. To this day, I still game with some of these fine folks, though we have to use Google Hangouts to do it, since they have families of their own now, and are separated by half a continent. I've gamed with other groups, and even DM'd for some, but I always come back to these folks to get my role-playing fix. I hope you got a little enjoyment out of this, and I hope you're all enjoying fair. Take a drink. Devin in Des Moines. Mystery Cycle on the Forums. It's not so much a horror story as really a... It's more of a... He's a, kind of a confession. Yeah. It's yeah. A, a learning experience. And I have to say, it's not entirely his fault. You know, he kind of had a plot and everything worked out, but he, it's obvious his players were not even going to be... Even if he yes-ended them, they would have just been murder hobos and gathered treasure. So. <laughs> Maybe. There's, there's a fine line between... People. Yeah, we're murder hobos. The murder hobo <laughs> group and the GM that wants you to tell their story. Yes. Yes. That's a tricky situation because just because they were like, well, all right, we're going to do some random stuff aside from rapey the paladin. Right. But like the... the Creeper <laughs> McCreeperson. Yeah, like, <laughs> that Sir was Ra- last week's episode, which was kind of super awkward thanks to... There's a bunch of drunk dudes that are like, yeah, let's talk about safe GMing places. And, yeah. You guys guys handled it very well. Did you listen to last week's episode? I did not, no. But I I should. There was, uh, the, the, the last email we got was basically about this horrific person who, anytime any women came into the gaming group, got super creepy and weird. And tried to hit on them. And... and Basically, drove them away. Ah, not just flirty, but like physically, yeah, contacty yeah. kind of, yeah, oh. like yeah, 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 like way over the line. And and they just kind of would like, well, that's just the way he is. And just laugh it off. And you should no, listen. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh-uh. 
that's just the way he is does not fly. No. Like, dude, get that shit under control <laughs> or get the fuck out. Well, and that's the way that's the way the email plays out too, is everybody yeah. feels guilty. Like years later these guys are like, uh, we really should have stepped up and said something. Yeah, because yeah. this email was long and it's like there's like three major incidences that involve this guy driving yeah. people away. It's crazy. And then the, everybody's like, well, we've known him a long time, so he can come back and get Well, like, more. yeah, it can be hard to tell your friend that, like, hey, dude, you're a fucking creeper. You're creeping people out. Stop it. Right. It's it's hard unless you're a very blunt, honest <laughs> person to say that. And depending on your age group and, you know, your maturity level, you may not really notice it or think it's a thing. You might yeah. think it's kind of funny in, in the heat of the moment. In hindsight, you're like... Wait that a was a little creepy. See, when I'm GMing, I don't even notice those things. Right. I'm too worried about. Oh yeah, where did I put all my shit, and what rules am I forgetting, and all Who's the other next? crap I'm dealing yeah. with? I w- I don't. My fear is that I wouldn't even notice shit like that happening when if I'm GM. When I was a 14 year old gamer, I was impro- inappropriate all the time. Oh sure. So I'm, that's what being 14 is oh, about. Right. <laughs> you should get out of that by the time you I don't know approach high school or getting out of high school please at least well and there's also a difference between like inappropriate humor in like gaming spaces with people that you're comfortable with and being inappropriate at people because yes like i have a 12 year old boy sense of humor and think that (laughs) super crude crap is funny half the time right but when it's with people that are not creepy with you Mm -hmm. if you have like somebody that's like breathing down your neck and like hey hey boobs like you don't want to make crude jokes with them no that's gonna be a thing now just (laughs) (laughs) yeah but she can say it we (laughs) (laughs) can't no now it's okay it's on the table as a joke i'm gonna get a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt And Twirl your mustache. The CEO actually had physical contact and stuff too, so he yeah. actually crossed oh, yeah, the line. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah that's super a, not cool. He like, yeah. played, he like grabbed some woman's ass, and she pulled a knife on him. Oh, good on her. <laughs> I, so, I think so too. Self rescuing princess. Well, yeah, I've kicked people in the shins well, for less. The fact that she was an Israeli defense force <laughs> veteran. Lucky yeah. she, if you're gonna play grab ass with someone, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pick on the chick that the does cross my god. Yeah. <laughs> Good idea, dude. Lucky that you only got a knife pulled on you, right? right? But I, I mean, the, the the thing I worry about is 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 game cons because we've had uh, you doing cosplaying have probably probably have some stories about creepy stuff. See, I have a thing that um, colloquially is referred to as resting bitch face. <laughs> um, I know exactly what that is. Yeah. yeah. So I've actually never had people to be creepy to my face at a convention. Oh, really? Yeah. No. Uh, people would be creepy to me on the internet or, like, on public transportation. But, but if not I, in person. But not in person in costume. I've never witnessed that. And I think it's because my face does a thing that says, uh, I will, I will you. hurt Leave you. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> don't hand me stuff. <laughs> yes. I, I I've actually like... said that to people while in costume before. <laughs> because, okay, so if I'm wearing a spandex jumpsuit... What makes you think that I want a big flyer? Where am I going to put that? Right. No. Do you see a pocket? Do you see a pocket in this? Because I don't. So, yeah, that's actually where that comes from. Because, yeah. Well, other than Iron Man, because routinely I'm like, I don't like to be handed things. I don't have anywhere to put that. 
<laughs> boobs. But the thing, the thing I worry, the thing I worry about is at, at game cons because I mean, I, yeah. I think Gina even told the story here. Here, I don't know if she told it on the air. I don't know. But she had a story that happened at a game convention, like in Northern California. I think it was in Northern California, where it's like it, it just, just shit at the table, not like personally against her, but like shit at the table just got really weird. Yeah. Hmm. And oh. yeah, and I mean. That's- when this sort of conversation started coming up about like gamer space isn't a safe place for women, right? I like I sat down and I talked to Kimmy about it, and mm-hmm. I talked to Chris about it, and I was like, "Does this shit go on where I am and I don't notice it?" Because I was terrified. I was like, "And, oh, I said and, this last and week. me I running games, like, I, I wouldn't notice." What I did they like, say? I, I wouldn't even. They know. were like, "No, we don't." Like neither one of them had any recollection of anything terrible going on when I was around, but mm-hmm. they both had stories about people being dumbasses. Sure, and I was like, "What?" what? Point them out. I'll just, kill them for you. Yeah, I was like, yeah. "Just <clears throat> oh, that's like we just want to have cool people to play games with. Why do you have to fuck this up, people?" <laughs> <laughs> right. So, are you going to come to not? Are you going to come to a game convention? Uh, probably if okay. it coincides with the weekend where I'm not like doing right. other shit Traveling. for work and stuff. The next one we'll be at in on mass is September, September Con, which Labor is Day Labor Day weekend. Are you going to the next one, Dave? <clears throat> I may make an appearance, but I'm not like doing the whole stay at the hotel thing. I don't think my that weekend for me is booked. Okay, so. I noticed again they sold out of rooms, so be careful with booking a hotel because they charged me up the ass. I had to block a three day block. It was I was it was like six hundred bucks or something for the two days that I was there. Is that at like the beginning or end of September? It's the beginning of September. It's usually okay. like the very last weekend of August slash. Then I can probably first go because Wasteland slash Birthday Apocalypse is at the end of. But we won't September. be there, so if you go, no, no, be... no, we're talking about September. Con. Oh, okay. It's right. September, yeah, we'll September. Se- the September convention. Well, we have to sometimes... go to protect Sam. She can't protect herself. And creepy guys are going to hit on her. <laughs> Dude, I will throw my shoe at so many people. <laughs> be good. As long as I can watch that happen, that'd be amazing. We're still going to make T-shirts for Sam to say, "Hey, hey." <laughs> All of us are just sitting there drinking a beer, laughing as some guy just runs crying with like a with giant shoe shooting out across his, his face. <laughs> Sam follows three seconds later. Wait, I got another one. Hold still. Creepers beware. Yep. You will be assaulted with shoes. <laughs> got a whole bag full. <laughs> you carry a shoulder bag full of shoes. <laughs> no, no. That's uh, I put saddlebags on Fenris and load them full of shoes. So I oh, just have a dire wolf Fenris with a shoe himself arsenal. Is a, a deterrent. Yeah. It, by the way, oh, if yeah. Fenris needs a haircut. <clears throat> no. He, <laughs> he has a different stylist okay. than Leica does. Did you, have you did you see my dog? I have not recently. I'm going to I'm going to guess <laughs> there's a pom-pom on her tail. No. Mm. Okay. No. I like, I'm learning. It's better than the last time. She I looks a it. little bit like her fur went through a meat grinder. <laughs> last time we did it, it, it looked like she had progressive mange, but yeah, it, yeah. It's a little better <laughs> than yes, good. It is a little better than that. It's true. It's still not even. I can't figure out how to make it even. Well, you got to hold her still. She won't. She yeah, wants like crawls in my lap, yeah, and she like rolls over, and wants her belly belly yeah. shaved, and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. complicated. 
It's complicated. <laughs> it is. It's, try, try giving that dog a haircut. Sh- it's insane. It's a complicated business. You cut your head once a week. It's hard. Uh, like four times a year. All right. But yeah, it's a mess. Kind of like being a lady in a gaming space. Right. It's a mess. <laughs> Although the best thing that came out of last week's episode is the fact that somebody made the safe space... With the D four sign the with the D four for the A, like as a thing that you could like print out, and I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'll print them, I'll take them to the next sure. con and be like, yeah. put them on our table, like, don't be a fuck ass. Yeah. Well, I think. <laughs> no, I think that's cool to. Yeah. Kind of establish it as like a zero tolerance for like if you're a creeper, McCreeperson, get out, dude. Yeah, but creepers don't know they're creepers. That's the thing. But I think they do. Do they? Yeah. And I'll, off the air, I'll tell you, you how you can tell. don't think that people at gaming cons are so socially awkward they don't actually know that they're being... There's... That's a percentage. Okay. Yes. That's okay. a percentage. There's like being on the spectrum and then there's being a creeper. Yeah. Those are different. Yes. yes. And there, being a, there was a statistic I, I found out that the police actually had followed up on this that they found out and for some reason they don't know why the connection is that many people that are child molesters are also trekkers to the point where police had undercover police were you know at the trekker <laughs> convention. Oh no! Yes, they don't know why the connection is. <laughs> I'm not the passing judgment, but there is a. Yeah, I guess there's creepy people that do these things. I bet if they had done the same study with Star Wars or the same no, they, study with D and D, they tried. They didn't understand why they were gravitating towards Trekker stuff. Go look it up. It was a fascinating article. I'm like, don't know why. Oh, you're gonna get so much hate. Yeah, I know. This. I am. I know. <laughs> look, compared to the hate mail that Stork usually gets. Oh, I get, I <laughs> oh get Stork, what do you think about about Prince dying? Yes. Uh, I've been you mean the, you mean the artist formerly alive as Prince? <laughs> I saw your Twitter post earlier. It's gonna get so good. <laughs> he was a very uh, short man, but uh, I, I here's here's actually my wrap. This on is Prince. on Huffington Post, though. Okay, well, Huffington Post. Well, I don't. This isn't a health article, though. Huffington Post about health articles is like reading a voodoo, voodoo tabloid. It really is. I think I mean, I'd rather read a voodoo tabloid. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. Be awesome. Weekly World News. The Loa fact, told Star me Tra- that Star Trek she's Tra- sleeping with some guy. <laughs> Star Trek paraphernalia Baron is Semedi's so... secrets revealed. Star Trek paraphernalia is so routinely found at the homes of pedophiles they've arrested that it has become a gruesome joke in the squad room. On the wall, there is a Star Trek poster with the detective's faces replacing those of the crew member. This does not mean that watching Star Trek makes you a pedophile. It does mean that if you're a pedophile, odds are you've watched a lot of Star Trek. <laughs> I, I I don't know the quote. Now, the Huffington Post is not the only place to find that. That was the fir- that was the first link. Okay, Trek Today. Yeah, I'm not going to trust them. Wikipedia. Meh, I've got a, I've got a, a trusted account there, so I don't know if that's any good. Boing boing, never. Psych <laughs> parody. Free Republic, no. Well, that boing boing thing is a LA Times article, though. It's... Anyway. Oh, it, it, yeah. I, I don't want to belabor this article. point, but. Uh... <clears throat> but, yeah. Trekkers, get the it together. The secret connection between Star Trek and dot 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 pedophilia. And, and this, is like, this is like 12, 15 year old news, too. I mean, it's, it was a long time ago I heard about this stuff. 
Uh, so no, wait, 2005. Yeah. Is it like original series or next gen? Did I don't know. I, I, I would imagine it's next gen. I would imagine it's original. Wesley Crusher. Yeah. 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 I don't. That can't be the sole reason why that becomes. It's, a thing. I think next generation is the reason for pedophilia no, no, in America. Actually, <laughs> from the article I read, they don't actually what? know why. They just. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> If I can blame anything on Star Trek Next Generation, I will. Sure. sure. It was horrible. No, it yes. was great. No, I'm sorry, you're wrong. It was horrible. It's awful. But see, he likes hey, Enterprise. Hey, guess what? I like so, the Star Trek like movie. Enterprise is fantastic. Flips tape. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the starship keeps breaking down. It's like pirates. They're, they go out and, and find the green women. It's awesome. Meh. Mm-mm. But we're at Sam is not amused. <laughs> Do not want. Have you watched all of Enterprise? No. You should. First off, it has a meta story that spans the entire the entire series, which and? no other no other Star Trek series ever had. Okay. Hey, hold on! They're making a Farscape movie. Ooh, I will watch that like I watched the series with the sound off and the music on. Because it's pretty to look at. I was just... What is that being random? Looking? Oh, it's my cup. Oh, all right. I'm like... Because it's, it's fairly rhythmic. I'm like... There's like a, a weird <laughs> clock. Developing a droid tick because Stu sound, insulted the next generation. That sound is definitely man-made. <laughs> Remember that? Hunt for Red October? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, right. Jonesy? With Sean Connery's stellar Russian we, accent. We heard that I shit saw, all the I, way the I, hell out at I was stunned to find out he was Scottish. <laughs> One ping. One ping only. Just like his character in The Highlander that was an Egyptian Spaniard with a Scottish accent. <laughs> One ping. He's, he's, One ping only. Did he say like, that in the same, all those movies? He's like Some the, things in here don't the, take he's too the well to day, He's the modern day version of, of uh, John Wayne. Wah. John Wayne is Genghis Khan. Wah. Exactly. One ping. <laughs> One playing old, one playing old. Oh my god! I would pay so much money to see that. If only he was still alive. Highlander Five. John Peng. Pretty sure we can do that with holograms at this point. Probably. They are coming out with a Hunt for Red October board game sometime next year. Are they really? I'm very excited about it. It was a great book. I love the Labyrinth board game. The Labyrinth board game I'm excited about. Really? I wore my shirt that I got from Luke Crate. Is that I Prince is. on there? He's purple. <laughs> yes. It is the Goblin Prince. Slightly before he ascended to be the king. You know, it's a little right, earlier so in the story. The prince is dead long than the king. Oh, wait, he's dead too. But Queen of Souls is still around. Yeah, so but Freddie Mercury's dead. dead. Yes. <laughs> but the Queen of Souls is around. I saw, actually saw somebody did a post that was like... Like the king is dead, the queen is dead, and the prince is dead. But it was then, Michael Jackson and, and Freddie Mercury, and yeah, oh, my goodness. it was good. See, all those people, Michael Jackson's like the least talented of all of them. Uh, you could direct a hate mail to Stu for a change. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't know if you people. When I when I was in like high school, people were comparing Prince and and Michael Jackson a lot. And back then, I thought Prince was way more talented of a musician. 
than Michael Jackson. Fantastic songwriter, prolific songwriter. Oh yeah, played multiple instruments. All the I think a lot. Of, really. I think a lot of his albums he recorded himself. Yeah, and then someone who was when I was in college, someone went and saw him perform live at like the. It would have been like the Fabulous Forum or something like that back then. And he, and the guy said, it was a good show, great concert, good music. The thing I did not realize when I went to go see this show, because this is he's a little older, like his age skewed a little higher than what would normally be a Prince fan. And he's like, I had no idea how good of a guitar player that guy was. The guy, the guy yeah. He says, the guy's, the guy's like, I've seen Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. This guy puts him to shame. I saw this whole lineup of guitar players. They were all like doing a solo sort of thing. And Prince came on. It's like you know, one, two, three, four. There's all these famous guitar players. And Prince came and did it. And they all looked at him and they nodded. And he went and did another. Because usually they give you like a, a five bar. 16 six bars. Or, or right, 16 yeah. bars. And they gave him like more. Because he, he just he was in the groove and, and rocking. He was amazing. Yeah. My only problem with Prince is that he kind of got a little sort of. First of all, his voice was very Britney Spears. said, yeah. And well, I don't. I don't think he was a singer. I think he was basically compensating for lack of singing because he's teeny. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Short people can't sing very well. Oh. <laughs> he's true. <laughs> Short people got no singing vocal cords. Yeah. All right. Yes. Because they resonance. Like the vocal cord connects all the way down. Right. <laughs> so the taller you are, the better it gets. Exactly. But I mean, and, and then he had all of the, the, those that sort of cadre of people around him, Morris and Morris, all the hot the women time, that, he, that he and Sheila E and all of the all those mm. other groups, and he would sit and write music for them. Oh yeah, and their music was fantastic. Yeah, he wrote a lot. Of, he was yeah. a good songwriter. He was a yeah. good songwriter. And I, I, I love the fact too that he's an old school musician. He could read music. He wasn't just sampling and sequencing. Oh, no. He, he wasn't just taking, like, He you started know. taking piano lessons at, right. like, six and or he could, something. Yeah. So he could back up what he was So he would write music, he could play the music, and then he could engineer and produce it, too. He wasn't just like, yeah. I want Phil Collins to run beat here, and let's take a break, <coughs> and I'll make up some words here. And it's like, no. He, he, he And he had tunes. He had melodies. So, yeah. music old school style. He's a motherfucker. Yeah. And about time. He was short, too, so... <laughs> His time runs out Almost 5'2". I heard that he actually was shorter than 5'2". He was like, he said he was 5'2", because I think it, what is it, 5 foot makes you a midget? Or under 5 foot? I thought it was like 4'9". Uh, yeah, it's 4 something, I'm Yeah, sure. it's not 5 foot. But I think... Because there would be a lot of midgets in the world. And I determined it's yeah. not midget anymore, stork. I, I, what is it, dwarf? <laughs> is, is it dwarf, midget, short? No. What is it? Gnome. Wean. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Stu. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, it's Dinklage. So. Oh, I pulled you right in. Yeah, you did. Because <laughs> I'm wrong most of the time. You're like, I'm tired of fielding emails, Stork. So, it's yeah, it's quite possible I've been in- inappropriate more than once when it comes to the wee folk. Wee folk. <laughs> They'll steal your gold. They will. There's the purple elf. Small little grubby hands. All right, let's call it. <laughs> and on right, that it's note. too late. We're already in trouble. Go <laughs> to the night, small little grubby hands. Thank you for joining us for hey, hey, boobs. <laughs> Wait, no, six. let me do it. <laughs> boobs. One more time. <laughs> boobs. That's gonna get marked. <laughs> you are now on the soundboard. I'll, I'll put it in the soundboard. 
All right. Thank you for joining us for season. Oh, wait. Fucker. Oh, here. Wait. Yeah? I, I did get a request. <laughs> yes. While you're marking stuff. Do you want to hit the button? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. While ahead. you're marking stuff. Two days. Someone remind me to get those later. Oh, and I have to point out, in the latest uh, Star, I think Rogue Squadron, or maybe, no, it's for the new re-release of Star Wars, I heard, Wachini! It's It made, like, the radio Wachini! trailer. It that made one? the radio trailer, yeah. Oh, good. Awesome. So, so let's that Jawa sound that we all love. Wachini! Yep. Right, it's yeah. now, Wachini! is now actually made the actual fucking, like, you know, because they're re-releasing the original trilogy. They are? I found it to be fascinating. Are they guys, gonna... Do you guys not, like, have access to the internet? What's wrong with you people? Yeah. But there's, like, rumors about that always and forever. I heard on the radio. There's a whole Utini ad. Are they releasing it? Is it, it... Fool's Day? <coughs> Are they on? releasing it without the, the extra Like crap? the non-special I, That, I don't know. Because <coughs> that's what I want. Mind that's... you, I'm listening to the radio while I'm on a ladder working, <laughs> so I couldn't actually stop and analyze the whole thing, but I heard the whole Utini. I'm like, oh, working. If we ever have okay, one, I, I just think should, I just I feel bad for that actor that played the dude, and they replaced him with the CGI Jabba. That's the, the only thing I think they should replace. The fur clad, wait, yeah, Jabba the Hutt. that the dude. That the, there's a scene where he's walking with this fur clad guy, yeah, and then they replaced it, and that's in episode. Yeah, four. well, I mean, it was always Jabba the Hutt, right? But it was but, this dude, and they couldn't afford to do whatever it was they were going to do. In 1977, so it's this guy. It's this big merchant. Big roly poly merchant guy walking around <laughs> wearing like a him. fur jacket, and that's Jabba. And then, oh my God. In, in the re-release, they replaced it with a CGI Jabba. It does look a little like Harvey Mudd from the triple. No, it wasn't Harvey Mudd. It does triple look episode. like Harcourt yeah. Finton Mudd. This You've been drinking it wasn't again. Him, it was the one with the triples. It was the other. Guy. It does look a little like the triple yeah. vendor from the Trouble with Triples. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. With yeah, the pockets. Yes. Yeah. But uh, and, and there's a scene where where like he's walking and he stops and then. He Han Solo behind goes behind the guy. him, but, but he can't go behind Jabba the Hutt because he's got this big tail. So he's a hut. He makes that big face when he steps. So over when the CG CG yeah. the skinnier hop Jabba the Hutt, they had to make him. <coughs> well, and then they they took oh. the footage of Harrison Ford walking behind him, and then made him like have this artificial step up as he stepped on Jabba's tail, and then came down the other side. That's in the re-release, the yeah, special anyway. edition. But if you go look at like oh. behind the scenes stuff, there's this actual raw footage. Of there's this a dude. dude. You know, and and, and that was that in the movie, yeah. and it was that in the VHS tapes I had yeah. of it. Yeah, that's disc. what I had. Well, right. yeah, I, I went <laughs> out and repurchased a VHS player just so I can watch <laughs> my Star Trek original, or Star Wars, I'm sorry, we were talking about Star Trek earlier, Star Wars original series. Pedophile. Yes, I got confused. <laughs> but it, that's... I feel bad for that guy. He's like, oh, he was in you, Star Wars. You know Wars. who else got got cut up, uh, on the cutting room floor was actually in the original Star Wars? Ringo Starr? Madeline Stowe. Madeline Stowe played one of Luke's friends, and they sh- they shot a bunch of stuff with her, and she ended up... No, not Luke, Madeline Stowe. Wait, was Luke had Stowe. friends? Yeah, well, they... <laughs> it was like her and... Hey, she's chasing yeah. the power converters! <laughs> no, I take it back. I think it might have been Koo Stark, <laughs> and not Madeline Stowe. Either way, you can check it out, but there's some stuff that was shot with all of that, and all those guys ended up cut out, too. I thought it was fascinating that just recently they solved the mystery of who one of the random actors in Star Wars was. Because they had the dude come in in the cantina scene, and he's there, and he's prominent in frame, 
and there was an action figure made and all that stuff, but they had no idea who this actor was. What? He was never credited. It just was a all guy that walked on and did. All have to do is wait until he's, is asked or he yeah. sees Search the, the internet for a picture of him going like, hey, yeah, bro, with his He just disappeared. After, like, it was this big mystery for years and years and years, and they finally figured out who it was. Just recently, like in the last really? year. Was it yeah. one of the customers? No, it was some guy that was a, an actor in England, and they Extra? had him, and he, he came just, in. Did he just, like, not have TV? Did he not he, see himself? <laughs> well, it was never a... Or go on the internet ever? He, he probably got, knew. He, he probably got his paycheck, and he... Yeah, exactly. He got his paycheck. Went back to whatever he, he, he does. He just, like, goes that. down the pub and was like, I was in Star Wars once. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> When you do background work, you don't ever actually. You got your paycheck, you signed your contract, and you never, you never say anything ever again. You know, and you, you don't want to see that stuff. So, and so, if you go to Comic Con, it's like, yeah, I was the third person behind Han Solo in the crowd scene. That's me there. It's like, hey, where are you going? Wait, wait, wait! I'll sign a. Yeah, he probably figured you nobody up, would care. You end up at the Comic Con Hall of Lost Souls, yes. I call it. <laughs> that space between the two buildings. It's like under that weird tent, and they put all these weird celebrities in there that are like. I was famous once. Wait, there's people in those tents? Like in that tent no, thing? No, actors. Oh, okay, that's different. <laughs> like That's funny. Like the convention center has like the two separate buildings yeah. almost and then in the middle on the top floor they put like a tent structure sort of thing. Oh, over that thing that... we walk around to get cosplay photos taken. Yes. yes. And like that it's sort of between the buildings so people don't have to be in the sun when they walk through. And, I like, that in that area, brain. they set up, like, the random autograph section. And, like, you'll walk through there and be, like, the guy that played Boomer on the original Battlestar Galactica is there. And, oh, like... I totally would get his autograph. Yeah. Right. And then, like, like uh, Kane Hodder, the guy that played Jason Voorhees in the Friday the 13th movies is Who up there. Who will probably be at Monster Palooza this weekend, I'm guessing. Because that is a thing that I would guess would be much more. He's well involved known at. in the new upcoming Friday the Thirteenth video game, which excites me. Ooh, that's cool. Is he coding? No, he's doing like motion mocap. Yeah, ah. but uh, the game that game excites me a lot. It's late, isn't it? <laughs> we need to call this. Yeah, we got yeah. we got to get up early. We're I, rambling, and these people have. I have pulled to do. pork to but. smoke. <laughs> pulled pork. <laughs> Button it up. <laughs> anyway, pulled yeah. Pork. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Play your music. Thank you for joining us, Season 16, Episode 18 of Happy Checks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. Sam. Stork. Dave. That's it. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week, I think. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll leave you with a song. Asta. And maybe East be a Joke.
came into town just as she was a-sinking. Way haul away, we'll haul away, Joe. The crew came to the tavern and started into drinking. Way haul away, we'll haul away, Joe. Ah! Way haul away, you drunk too much, so we'll haul away. Way haul away, we'll haul away, Joe. We served the whole damn crew and the crowd was getting Of the Angry Folk Media Empire.